All right, welcome everybody to episode 30. 30. 30. Man, I like every show I start off this, I'm amazed at the number of these things that we've cranked out. <laughs> so it's but, like uh, my, my age. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years Let, ago. Let's just say I'm over 30. <laughs> uh, welcome everybody to uh, the Collector Cast. Uh, and uh, joining me, as usual, are my wonderful co hosts. So, hey, Krabby Crabbo. Hey, how's it going? I'm pretty good. Uh, Master of the Printer. Printer master. I have now mastered the printer with with the age old advice of turn it off and turn it back on again. You're welcome. Ah, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Oh, man, uh, and y- y- years of technical training. <laughs> <laughs> Bill with the sage advice: turn it off and turn it back on. But don't Thanks. forget to unplug it. Also, that's the key. Don't don't forget to unplug it. That it's always... like triangulation of fire. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Oh man. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, uh, glad to have everybody back again. So, uh, we've had our last little special show, and then when this one's going to be, uh, you know, a little later than our regular shows usually out, but uh, really glad to be doing this one again. Uh, and we're going to start off with some big announcements, right, Bill? How big? I think pretty stinko big. Pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, spill the beans. All right, I'm taking it. So, um, uh, as, as I was, you know, been teasing for a while, you know, I have, you know, uh, on the show that I have some big news and I, you know, really just kind of been, you know, bursting at the seams with, uh, you know, with this, cause it really has been several years in the making. Um, uh, Chris Crone, uh, owner of retro games plus, uh, the three locations in Connecticut has been a friend of mine for years. And he approached me a long time ago, um, and asked me if I'd be interested in organizing a retro expo in Connecticut. Cause there's a couple of them, but there's really not anything in Connecticut that's, you know, like some of the shows that are three or four hours away in any direction, like Boston, Philly, um, and stuff like that. So, uh, we've been planning for a long time and we can finally officially announce that the Retro World Expo is officially a thing. It's, uh, October 3rd this year, uh, October 3rd, 2015 at the Oakdale Theater in Wallingford, Connecticut. Amazing, amazing, and yeah, great stuff. What's that? Got, what's that got to do with us? Well, we are the RF Generation Collector Cast, and the RF Generation Collector Cast will have its second ever live recording at the Retro World Expo 2015. That's right. You're gonna get the chance to see Bill and I, and maybe Krabby for lucky. I, I've booked cross, the time off at work. Many fingers. So I'm trying to figure out the personal stuff now. Yeah, cross as many fingers as you can. Um, it, it was it was really great uh, uh, for, uh, that uh, we were able to, uh, um, you know, convince Chris to uh, come out because because Chris had a, a big uh, uh, a big long drive when he came out to Too Many Games um, uh, for our first live recording uh, back in Philadelphia a couple of years ago, and uh, so now we've convinced him to come out. But Krabby, you know, obviously is a uh, quite a bit further if he were if he were to drive. Um, I've actually been really, really, uh, you know, really kind of floored with the uh, response from the RF Gen community, especially with all the people who, uh, uh, Rich, um, uh, Single Banana, um, I believe he's booked uh, to come up here and he's, uh, uh, a great member, great pinball, uh, source for all of us, great, uh, uh, you know, co-podcast, uh, hort of the, uh, site. Um, Fleech, I believe is, uh, a definitely maybe right now. Mm, yeah, um, I think he's uh, nailed it down. I think yeah, he's coming. I think he's leaning on the go side. Is it awesome? Yeah, no, it's because uh, uh, 
I've told everyone, um, the first, you know, the first few who booked, I said, Hey, come stay at my house. We'll make it a party. And then as it got into the threes and fours and fives and sixes, Immediately I said, regretted you know what? That. Yeah. I said, you know what? Let's see how many sleeping bags we can fit in my house. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're an RF Gen member and, uh, you're thinking about coming to Connecticut, if I can't fit you on my couch or my floor, I can recommend a good place nearby and we can have a, a, a nice meetup. So we are trying to get a, a list going of all the RF10 members who are going to make it out and uh, hopefully do some hunting in the days surrounding the event. Um, it is a Saturday and there is a great uh, flea market on Sunday um, right near uh, where I live. So, uh, But yeah, so uh, um, basically where we are right now is we are signing up uh, – a. Uh, we're not calling them vendors. We're calling the tables exhibitors because not everyone's selling stuff. Sometimes it'll be like, you know, there might be like a table for a website, like a retro game collecting website might have a table. <laughs> um, so we're calling them exhibitors. So right now we're signing up exhibitors. We have several signed up and we have uh, kind of like, you know, presentations set up with a lot of with a, a bunch of others. The badges slash tickets will go on sale next week. Um, by the time you hear this, uh, they may be on sale. Um, so, uh, I'll be sure to put the uh, link for the show in the show notes, as well as maybe a link or two for the, uh, thread for retro worlds, um, uh, on RF gen. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I know I'm babbling, but uh, it's, we're really, really excited. Um, the other guys, uh, I mentioned Chris Crone, um, Dan Ongar, who is a, uh, uh, like a maven of social media, uh, in the state. Um, he runs several Facebook, uh, collecting groups and he actually organizes a couple times, uh, uh, every couple of months, he organizes like a, just like a trading session. He has like a local comic book store that lets him use the entire store and he gets hundreds of people to come to these things. So, um, we thought he'd be a great guy to have on the social media side. And John and Lance from Retroware TV, um, are the other guys organizing it. They're, they're local here in Connecticut. They've been friends of mine and Chris for a while. And, uh, so they're going to be there and we have, an arcade-related announcement to make soon, but I can't tell you right now what. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you, but let me tell you, if uh, if you are a fan of the coin-operated hardware, we we got everything you're gonna need. So I will we'll, we'll tell you uh, in a little bit more time what that announcement is. But got to make sure all the uh, the T's are dotted and the I's crossed. Now, I've heard from pinball guys, I don't know if arcade guys are the same, but Canadian quarters tend to magnetize in CoinMax and Jam US machines. <laughs> so I will make sure I have a couple of pockets uh, full of rolls of quarters to annoy you guys well, with. Well, it is for that exact reason that our games uh, are going to be on free play. Ooh. So Ooh. not only are there going to be games, and I can't announce who is providing them or uh, which games will be there yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you pay for a badge for the event, um, games are on free play. So, oh, I like that's, that. uh, that's going to be a fun, uh, I mean, and, and, and honestly, Chris does the same. Chris has like a dozen machines throughout his stores. They are, you know, you got to pay to play during out business hours. Whenever he has special events, he flips them on free play just to, you know, thank people for coming in and, you know, just come and play some games. So we thought we'd extend that same, uh, same policy to the event. That's awesome. I'll take a Canadian quarter though for my collection. We'll bring you many. <laughs> you guys have the the money with the hole in the middle, or is that somewhere in Europe? Uh, we have one that's got a different color in the middle, but not a hole. It's, it's like Ooh. gold in the middle and silver on the outside. Cool. So, Bill, um, what's the website for that? The website is retroworldexpo.com. 
Easy enough. Yeah, we'll very, have that very, in the show notes. Very easy. Yeah, the website is live. Um, there's a handful of areas right now that come up as, uh, you know, tickets on sale soon and things like that. But uh, the website is live. You can see the RF Generation sponsorship logo right there on the front page, as well as Retro Games Plus and RetroWare TV. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's uh, our site's live. Um, the Facebook page, the, uh, the the Twitter, the you know Instagram, all those links are right there on the front page. So if you care about any of the things that uh, our good buddy Dan has to say, uh, share about the show, we'd love for you to follow on any one of those means of media. Yeah, absolutely. Follow along with us. Uh, like Bill said, we're um, we're gonna do uh, a little show there. So. Um, we'll be excited. Come out, say hi. We'd love to see everybody. And uh, if we haven't met you yet at the last show, it'd be great to kind of shake your hand, say what's gone. Maybe we'll even do some sort of meetup or something. Uh, if yep. we have time the, the that evening or the evening before, or whatever works out, we'll, we can do that. Yep. But uh, yeah, exciting stuff. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I, I can also confirm that Rustly Man, um, he actually works at, one, at uh, several of Chris's stores. So Rustly Man is going to be there. Um, Isret, while he hasn't confirmed to me directly, he did say right in one of the threads, Ooh, only an hour or so away. So, um, <laughs> um, and then we have some, uh, some Jersey members. Um, I, I think we're going to have a really solid RF gen turnout, which would be really great. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward. I mean, the, the meetup at too many games was fantastic. We all went out to dinner. Um, we played some tabletop games, even though Chris refused because he's just such a pure video gamer. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> We're sitting around a table. Everyone's playing. We're like, Chris, here, you're the blue guy. He's like, no, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, I could play Tempest or I could play that. I mean, come on, man. Really? <laughs> so, but yeah, honestly, the, the meetup, I mean, I'm not trying to put any pressure on Krabby, but we are so crossing all of the things that we have that are crossable. I'm hoping that he's able to, uh, to make it because the, the meetup really was a blast. Oh, I, I really hope so. I'm I I'm really hoping beyond hope that maybe he can come here and we'll go on some crazy road trip. But uh, well, that wouldn't it wouldn't affect me. It would just I'd be <laughs> left out of that. Well, we'd show as, up as long as you get me uh, one of those uh, shirts that Banana posted. Friends don't let friends play thirty two X. How'd you like that? Oh. How'd you like that license plate? That somebody yeah, tweeted that, us. that was pretty cool. Yeah, I forget who tweeted it, but someone tweeted the show. Well, there's a Sega 32X uh, custom, like a vanity uh, license plate. It was pretty cool. <laughs> there's the one person. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my cousin. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, that's yeah. great. Um, that's yeah. a pretty cool announcement that we've got going on there. Yeah, um, no, very cool. Cool, cool. Hey everybody, it's Duke here to tell you again about our sponsor, Off the Charts Video Games. Be sure to listen all the way through the spot because there's a special offer at the end for CollectorCast listeners. We all know that shopping online for video games can be a hassle. If you shop on eBay, you have to pay shipping to each individual seller. On Amazon, you never see what you're really going to get. And as for the leading online classic game retailers, well, we all know that their prices aren't the best. After years of collecting, trading, and selling on multiple marketplaces, the guys at Off the Charts Video Games have built a site with the needs of collectors in mind. OTCVideogames.com gives the experience of a brick-and-mortar store while you relax at home. With pictures and individual descriptions for every item, you will know exactly what you're going to get. 
Every game is tested in-house on their multi-system testing station, so your order will come back with their quality guarantee and great customer service. Off the Charts now sells separate boxes and manuals, so you can buy complete box games all at once or complete your loose games. Browse their games, boxes, and manuals separately or all together. Boxes and manuals are posted now for Nintendo 64 and are coming soon for other systems. Everyone knows the most annoying part of buying online is shipping. Well, at Off the Charts, orders over $50 get free shipping in the U.S. Not only that, but they always ship orders out the next business day, Monday through Friday, and every order gets tracking. Choose your favorite provider, whether it's UPS, FedEx, or the U.S. Postal Service. Check them out for yourself at www.otcvideogames.com or see their inventory updates and meet their staff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube with the handle OTC Video Games. Again, that's www.otcvideogames.com and OTC Video Games on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As a limited time special offer for CollectorCast listeners, Enter coupon code COLLECTORCAST at checkout to receive a 5% discount on your order. Again, that's coupon code COLLECTORCAST, all together, one word, no spaces. Well, um, as usual, well, we've got some questions lined up, and man, oh man, do we got them. So uh, people, are, people are taking to the questions pretty well. So are you guys ready to fire sure. off some answers? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start off with Twitter. And uh, I got a couple questions from at SirPsychoPlays, so let's start with the first one. Um, what are some of your favorite overlooked games? Are you going to call them one of those or just shout them out? Crabby, what do you think? Overlook games. Uh, I've been playing one again on my Wii with my son that nobody seems to talk about, but the remake of Boyness Blob on there is so good. Really? It's so good. All right. Yeah. Is it I, rem- I remember it deal? came out. It came yeah. out, and I remember like you know seeing, like, oh, Boyness Blob has a thing, and no one ever talked about yeah, it after that. It, it, I didn't know if it was good or not. It's like 10 bucks, and it is worth 10 times that. It's so amazing. Uh, it's it, worth a hundred dollars. It's worth a hundred dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> Only well, in Krabby's well, store. The exchange rate, you know, yeah. Canada. So. Yeah, it's pretty bad right now. But uh, yeah, it's, so t- I tell, played tell, it. Tell me, what's great about it? Um, it follows the same formula where you're a kid, you got a blob, you feed him jelly beans to turn him, turn your blob into different tools to help you get to the end of the level. And they've also added a little. Um, you got to hunt for like three treasure chests in each level and get the blob to eat them. And then he brings them to the end of the level by spitting them out once you get to the end. Mm. And by getting all of the, uh, the treasure chests, it opens up like secret challenge stages. Um, the art style is fantastic too. It's so bright and vibrant and vivid during the like early lush levels. And then when you get to like the later kind of, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Like a very, machinated levels um they're like dark and gritty and it's really cool and it's like a very cell shaded it's like playing a cartoon it's it's beautiful and the puzzles are really fun and they start off you know fairly easy to teaching the mechanics and then they get pretty challenging later on trying to figure out when you've got like when you start the first levels you got two or three different beans you can use 
you get to some of the end levels, you got like six to eight different ones you can use. So it opens up a lot of options to try and figure out how to get past certain areas. And it's, it's, there's some parts that are challenging, but you, you get infinite lives. So you can die as many times as you want and it doesn't start the whole level again, just restarts right from where you died and you just keep trying until you figure it out. Cool. Yeah. All right. I hadn't really heard anything about that one. Uh, so yeah, I'm playing it with fun. my my six year old, who's also very drawn to it. So it's I don't know. It's got something for both of us. All Get right. it drawn to it, and it's like you're playing a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Bill. What do you got for me? Outlaw golf. Uh, that's overlooked. <laughs> I had I, I had to have mentioned it before because like yep. whenever anyone oh, yeah. talks about this kind of a, a topic, but honestly, like. It's the first thing that, that uh, pops in my mind. It came out, like, the day it came out on the original Xbox, I think I was working at a Funko Land, and so we just had a copy at the store that I opened and played. And something about it, like, it's, you know, when you look at kind of the stat sheets on the box, it's like, uh, three courses. And you're like, oh, only three courses? That's really not very good. And it's like, you know, there's like, you know, eight different, you know, cartoonish, uh, you know, like, uh, caricature type, uh, you know, archetypes that you can play as. And... One of the things that a lot of people, you know, are surprised to find out or don't know about it, Steve Carell voices the game. He's the announcer for the whole thing. <laughs> um, exactly. No one knows this. So Prior Steve Carell, to his stardom, I think. Yes. It. Well, he was already on The Daily Show, but he hadn't become like an actor actor yet. Um, and I'm telling you, like, there are just some gems in there, like, uh, besides the characters being really cool. So, like, you know, you, you, you start out, it's like your basic, you know, golf mechanics. You kind of aim your shot, and you and as you're changing your club, it kind of gives you, like, a preview of where your shot's going to go. But then you can also tell it that you want to put spin on the ball before or after, and that kind of adjusts where your shot's going to go. But you have to figure out, okay, well, based on the spin and the wind, and then it kind of tells you, okay, if you want it to be there, here's the percentage that you have to hit it with. So then basically you pull back on your right stick, and you have to, and then you push forward on the right stick for the swing. Now, if it is just a degrees to the left or right, it'll be not a significant slice, but enough slice where you're like, that was my fault. I totally sliced that shot. So the fact that the, that the uh, control is so precise, but so good, it's like, even when you kind of, when you hit a good shot, you're like, I'm amazing. And when you botch a shot, you're like, okay, it really was my fault. So like, it's not frustrating. It's more just like, okay, I can do better. Um, but, oh, there's some gems from Corell. Like, when you hit a shot, when you nail a shot 100%, and in his, like, you know, Corellian voice, wowie zowie, what a shot! <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so cool. And the thing is, the three courses, even though there's only three courses, each hole is really, really well designed and has, like, really interesting kind of, like, you know, pitfalls of, like, oh, make sure you don't get stuck in, like, the turn around the tree on hole four. Like, the more you play it, the more you really start to, like, actually learn these courses and like none of these holes are like uh what do you call them like none of the level designers like took a, a day off they were like uh don't worry about hole six it's only hole six like all of them are really really solid um and there's different play modes that you know play for sk there's skins and there's uh you know whatever other modes that golf people probably know about that i don't know about because i don't know anything about golf it's just like for a game that just looks like a throwaway you know somebody just tried to make a quick golf game it's the best golf game I've ever played. And I know people know there's hot shots out there and stuff, but whatever. Outlaw Golf's the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ringing recommendation for out for Outlaw Golf. Did that oh was that only Xbox or was it a PS2 or it was originally only X it was sorry, it was originally only on the original Xbox. It was later released on definitely the GameCube. Oh. And I and I wanna say PS2. 
Um, that would make sense. I will. I will say that the the there's no sequel. To, well, sorry, there is a sequel to Outlaw Golf called Outlaw Golf Two. Surprisingly enough, um, <laughs> I don't believe it was the same company. I think like the company that started making it, they got bought by somebody, and someone uh. else finished it. So it's good. It's not Outlaw Golf One good, and uh, Steve Carell doesn't voice Outlaw Golf Two. Dave Attell does. <laughs> okay. And that's a step. To, uh, Dave Attell is a funny guy, but that's a step down for uh, Outlaw Golf. And uh, the Outlaw Volleyball and Tennis series are nowhere near as charming. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I would put in. Uh, I guess I just one that I've played fairly recently. Um, Lords of the Fallen. I think that really kind of mm. got no big splash in the press, but, um, it's very, you know, it, it is very deliberately Dark Souls-esque. Um, it basically tries to copy off the same sort of formula, uh, although it puts it to, of course, its own twists on things. So, um, you know, like, I like with Dark Souls, when you die, you know, you can go back and collect your, you know, experience or whatever. But, uh, in this one, it, there's a timer that counts down. So, you know, if you don't catch it, between certain amount of time, you'll lose that no matter what, you know, even if you can get back to it. And also it has a system where you can kind of either bank that experience or you can kind of keep building it up and uh, you'll earn more, kind of like a bonus sort of thing if you gamble a little bit more with it. But, uh, you know, I would say it's it's not as good as Dark Souls, but um, I enjoyed it, played through it twice. It's not uh, incredibly long for that kind of game, but it does what it does pretty well, and I enjoyed playing it. So, you might check that one out if you've got one of the newer consoles. So, um, let's move on to the next one from Sir Psycho Plays. He asks, What is your favorite dirt common $5 or less in every video game store game to play? It's a good one. Crabo? Um, I'm going to go with Iron Sword on the NES. Really? I love Ooh. that game. And the music's fantastic, I thought, I thought, too. I thought you just loved the box art. I do love the box art. That is a big draw of Iron Sword. <laughs> but you love the game. I love the game as well. Yeah. That's interesting. And it, it's uh, always around, right? Everyone sees that one. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's pretty common. Yeah, it's in every... If it, I think if it's not in an NES lot on Craigslist, they just deactivate the... the, the thing. <laughs> They're like, there's no way this guy's real. He doesn't have Iron Sword. Right. Right. Uh, okay, good. Bill? Um... Maybe it's because we were talking Sunset Overdrive before we got on the air here, but the thing that popped into my mind was Crackdown. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's dirt cheap. It's, it's excellent. Um, I was kind of almost tempted to say, like, you know, like a rock band or guitar hero because mm. there's a billion copies of those lying around in budget bins everywhere. Um, but the first thing that hit my mind was Crackdown. Um, the traversal is still enormously fun. Um, you know, I'm a big, you know, open world, collect all the little things, you know, like, as long as it doesn't feel like work, not too tedious, I'm cool with it. Um, So, yeah, if, like, a buddy of mine said, yo, I just got a 360 for the first time ever, what should I get for $5? That's the game I'm telling him to go get. I, yeah, I could see that. That one's a really good one. Um, For me, I would say uh, Blades of Steel. I am not a hockey guy at all. I mean, I don't know anything about hockey, but man, playing <laughs> Blades of Steel is just fun. It and is. mostly to try to get into fights over and over again. Yeah, but, I love it. You got you to gotta make it so that you tie at the end and get the shootouts. Those are the best part of that game. <laughs> it, it's the, the biggest downfall I've said for years for that game is there's no shootout mode. Yeah. 
Agreed. Yeah, because uh, same thing. Like, if I'm up by four in like this, this third period, I'm like, okay, let him, let him through, let him through, let yeah. him through. We, <laughs> Pull oh, the everyone goalie, just yeah. wants to get that shootout. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, that game is just they. You know, you don't have to know much about hockey other than pass the puck and get it in the goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing to know, and it's just just tons of fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. I got to go with Blades of Steel. Definitely. Now, now, where are you finding Blades of Steel for five bucks? Because I'm usually seeing it in the seven to ten dollar bin. Really? It's usually a pretty oh, yeah. cheap one around here. Uh, it ah, and so Double good. Dribble show up pretty cheap all the time. Oh, you know what? Maybe you know what I'm thinking of because uh, I was look as a single banana. Rich was nice enough to hook me up with a uh, the red label box and I manual. Still don't have that one. And yeah. it took me a while to find the red label cart. That's the one that was more than five bucks. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, up next, uh, at Real Jeff Funstick. Um, <laughs> He asks... Uh, is is he, that a verified account? Because he's the uh, real... He is, right? That's why he puts that in front. Um, he's not sure if this was asked before, but I don't think it was. Uh, when would you consider your collection complete, i.e. you'll stop collecting altogether? Uh, uh, I think that's when the rapture happens. <laughs> right? Like I was going to say, is anybody going to stop? Does anybody yeah. have active plans to stop? When it raptures, oh, Bill, you can just go loot your neighbors. Why would you stop? <laughs> All those, all those silly Christians will be gone. They're just gonna take their stuff. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they are silly. But no, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, like it's. I don't know if anyone has that end goal in mind where they're like, okay, I got the last thing that I was gonna get. I'm finished. Yeah. No. Not really. And 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 Krabby, weren't you saying that uh, because you're you're so uh, uh, close to several uh, you know systems being over. Um, but I mean, you've already, you've said like, you know, it's not like there's other systems that I'm not interested in. And Chris, with you, with your collection always being done, you're like, well, there's always homebrew. Like, yeah. you know, there, there's always a place to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. now that I've finished NES, like I've started picking up a few odd imports and I'm really tempted to pick up Mad Wizard, which looks awesome. And mm-hmm. I picked up a few other homebrews and unreleased things that came out. Like as long as something interesting still there that I don't have, I'll be interested in it. So, yeah, because the first part of the question was, when would you consider your collection complete? That question has totally been been asked before. But if he's talking specifically about you'll stop collecting altogether, um, I, not, not to be a downer, but I kind of feel like that decision sometimes comes with like, uh, um, hey, I'm bankrupt and now I have to sell everything <laughs> I own. So that I can feed my family types. Like I've seen people get out of collecting with that situation. You feel really bad for them. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'd ever hit a point where I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I but have they, all the things. You ever see that though? Somebody will do a sell off, which mm-hmm. I understand they need the money. I get yep. it. Right. But then they come back, right? They yeah. come back and they're like, okay, things have quieted down. I feel bad. I got rid of everything. Let me start yeah. piecing some things back together again. I, I've, yeah, I've bought, two houses sorry no one condo one house since i've been like seriously collecting and both times it's like we need a pretty big down payment (laughs) and it'd be really nice to have like several grand more and i could do it and not get rid of everything but like every time it's like okay well let's see if we can do it without me selling the stuff off and like we always can yeah you just gotta you know just be careful like but like a few times i considered oh should i just sell this big chunk and i 
like what what I think about sometimes is like some of the PMs or like phone calls I'd get from friends would be like, is everything okay? <laughs> I, I saw that you listed your 32x stuff like, yeah, on, on the to, forums uh, and if you need help you just let me know <laughs> that's right that's a distress signal right there absolutely uh yeah i don't i don't see i don't see a reason to stop unless um crabby when are you going to mm. when is your amiibo collection complete oh my god oh there's there's like gold and silver variants now so oh my, it'll never this end. is this <laughs> is the Oh, that's this is the ruby chic, and this is the sapphire Rosalina. Uh, I can't wait. Oh, just wait. We've got we've got amiibo questions coming. No. So don't, just just hold on. So to that. I'll go to the bathroom while those are happening. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Um, at Retro Rewinder, Retro Rewinder is a uh, he's local to me. I keep telling him we're going to have to meet up and do a a hunt here at some point in time nice. but um he says what is your guys feeling on the order debate yeah, that's a big hot topic right now um mm-hmm. should the amount of time a game takes to play be a major factor in value um this uh was a great topic addressed by fleech in a recent blog article on www.rfgeneration.com mm-hmm. um and uh, uh, it's always, always a topic that uh, gets a good response. Um, and like we were joking the other day with uh, Floyd that his blog articles spawn complete new blog articles in the comments because <laughs> everyone has like this huge take on this subject. Um, I- I'll kind of reiterate what I said in my comments on uh, Fleech's uh, article. I think a lot of people who are, you know, some of the loudest people about game length. I'm not entirely sure that they're people who are actually playing the game. Um, cause a lot, like a lot of times, like before the game comes out, it kind of gets out through the press and through reviews and like through the grapevine. Hey, FYI, y'all, this game's pretty short, you know? So it's like the people who are like the hardcore people, the guy, the guys buying stuff for $60 day one. Um, they, they know this going in. So I kind of feel like all the people complaining about like that this brand new game is only like six or seven hours long. It's like, well, you knew that just if you don't want it to be a short game, just don't buy the game or like every game is like $40 less, like six months later. So just like, just wait. Well, I think the big complaints that I've heard is that not only is it short, it's not very good. It's it's well, pretty, but it's right, not a but good he, game. But, he, but he's not saying what's your take on the order with it not being good. He's saying, what's your take on the order? Should the amount of time a game takes to play be a major factor in value? No, no, but listen, um, let me say that, though, right? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, um, I really wish the order was longer right? and also that the gameplay sucked. Why would you want longer crap gameplay? Do you understand <laughs> where I'm coming from? Right, absolutely. So, like, if the order was exactly the same game, just seven hours longer... It shouldn't make a difference. It's yeah, still it not still a great suck. game. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? So, you, right. It's like they, they, a good argument for, because uh, you know how baseball games are way too long? They're like four hours long. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. So th- they're introducing new rules next year where like when a batter gets in the batter's box, like between pitches, he's not allowed to leave the batter's box because they want to keep the game going. Um, and the batters are mad at it and blah, blah, blah. But like basically they were talking about this on the radio and they're like, well, it's, the point isn't that the game's too long. It's that nothing's happening during the game. So it's like, if you take this four hour game and make it three hours and 20 minutes, it's still, it's still the same sport. It's still baseball. It's almost like if there's a band that you really, really don't like, 
and then they have a concert. If the concert is two hours long instead of four hours long, you still don't want to go because yeah, it's still yeah. that band. So um, I, I get where you're coming from where, like, I don't just need games to be, like, you know, a certain amount of time long. Like, I, I don't really equate value with the amount of time it takes to play them. I equate the value in the amount of fun I'm having while I'm playing it. Yeah, I think if this question had been about the order and everybody came out and said, man, the order is so awesome to play. Gosh, why couldn't it just mm-hmm. be longer? That right. would be a valid argument, right? Okay, so like, uh, like for instance, like Alan Wake. Yeah. I know not everyone likes it, but it, I think it's generally perceived as a good game. And it's short. So this exact argument happened when Alan Wake came out. They're like, uh, it's really good, but it's like seven hours long. It's a $60 game. So that's that's a different argument than hey, this game's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's seven hours. Like, here, let me help you out. Don't buy it. It's junk. Yep. Who cares how long it is, right? Uh, Krabby, where do you come in on this? I'm, I'm kind of torn on it because I, I don't think a game should be ragged on for its length of time. I, I, I do like when pricing structures are variable. Like, some of the stuff Nintendo's been putting out lately has been 30, 40 bucks instead of 60 right when they come out. Yeah. That's definitely. awesome. Um, but I made a bet with a friend of mine that the order was going to have a lower Metacritic score than Bloodborne, and I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm going to win this bet. <laughs> so I, I got a free lunch coming in, so I, I'm kind of kind of happy and sad at the same time. You should have bet, bet for a free copy of the game. <laughs> well, I'd rather have a lunch at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lunch will last longer. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, game length, like, my overall stance on game length is like, ugh, like, can you just, like, can, I, we just stop, can we just stop complaining about game length? Like, either the game's good or the game's not good. Yeah, I don't like this whole idea that I have to compute X dollar amount worth of value out of X number of hours, right? Like, yeah, I don't, this, I don't, and, and I th- think... That's I, not a division problem that works. I've played probably a couple hundred hours of Dark Souls. I paid five dollars. I've also played, you know, hundreds of hours of other games I paid more for. I don't try to equate those things, right? I just right. go, that was great. This other one was great. Yeah, I don't want to solve for X when I'm done <laughs> with, like, figuring out if I had fun. It's with a, a hobby! Game. Like, yeah, and it's like, uh, uh, I think a lot, like, not a lot of it, but I know the first time that anyone even mentioned the amount of time a game takes to play was when, you know, like, I think it was in high school... And, like, RPGs were, were kind of getting... And, like, I kind of fell out of gaming for a bit, and then I got back into it around Final Fantasy VII time. And, you know, you like you look at the back of games, it was like, oh, 40-plus-hour RPG. And you look at the back of Xeno, uh, uh, Xeno Gears, and it was like, oh, 70-plus hours. Like, RPGs were, were have always been very proud of how much, yeah. you know, content you get in that game. And I think, like, it, it's like the marketing of certain types of games kind of got to people where people are like, you know, they just want it to last hours. And, like, my argument's always been, I don't have any time. Like, I don't have any time. Like, right now, I could be upstairs um, hanging out with my wife. And I'm not. because, But, but I've Billy no, ain't got I, no time for that. Ain't, <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Um, it's like, I have, like, seven games that I got on Xbox One in December for my birthday and Christmas, as you can read on my most recent blog article on www.rfgeneration.com. <laughs> um, but seriously, like, the people who are like, oh, I played this game and it was seven hours, then I had to go play a different game because it's already... Dude, 
do something else. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a billion things to do rather than complain about how short the game that you just spent 60 bucks on was. Or there's better games. Buy the better games. Yeah. Right? Dude, d- dude Crackdown is $5 and you'll play <laughs> it for 100 hours. If you all know, you want is like entertainment value for the amount of dollars you spend, go buy Morrowind. Go buy Skyrim. Yeah. Go buy Fallout 3. They're all like $4 and 200 hours. Yeah, but let me tell you what. It takes me 20 minutes to beat Super Mario Brothers. I love playing Super Mario Brothers. Okay? Yep. It doesn't matter. I wish I was playing it right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I got to tell you, I've been super, super digging on um, Doki Doki Panic recently. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> like, well, you know, America Mario 2. Uh, you're talking about the actual Super Mario 2 US, or are you talking yes. about... Okay. Super Mario 2 US. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just tend to call it Doki Doki. Um I don't know why. I've, I've been, like, I walk up to my play choice, and I just fire it up, and I'm like, Mario 2, here we go. <laughs> that, the game it takes would... five minutes, and I have more fun than, you know, I feel definitely like I got more it. fun than with the order. I feel I like that it. would be a weird experience on an arcade machine. I'm, I'm tempted to try that now. Well, uh, you'll get to try uh-huh. it in uh, September, <laughs> October. Can, can you park my sleeping bag in front of your play choice while I'm there? Uh, that spot is actually reserved. <laughs> Damn you, Chris. For our platinum sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our last question from Twitter. Um, this is from at Wimpy Animations. Uh, it's, uh, that's the Wimster. Um, what do you guys think about HD remakes? Do they need to add or, air quotes, fix content or just make the same game but in HD? Grab what do you think? What just happened? <laughs> I just said good question. Oh, I you asked a question. Well, he was asking a question. No. no. <laughs> um, he, was like, good, he was like patting me on the butt. Good game. Good they, game. They yeah. don't interest or excite me at all. I, really? I've, I've got all the machines usually, and they're usually remaking games that are known to be awesome, that people still have feelings about. So I've usually already owned them anyway and have played them in a lot of cases. And the visuals don't... Like, when I played Shadow of the Classes for the community playthrough, mm-hmm. I never thought, like, wow, this looks so much better or anything. It just it just played easy on my PS3. That was the first HD remake I spent much time with. And, yeah, I just don't care. I've, I've got all the old consoles, so it's not a, a problem of, like, uh, compatibility with what I've got hooked up to my TV. So mm-hmm. I, I'd rather play them where, when they first came out, um, whatever system they were designed for. All right. Bill? that's what i think of that um that was my mouth by the way just so no one thinks that there's (laughs) anything happening um but yeah i i I have a slightly different take from krabby um while i do think that many hd remakes and i really hesitate to use the term cash grab because uh, you know i i think a lot of people throw that term around i don't think that's what happens a lot of the time um there's a bunch of hd remakes that i think are terrible um, I've heard the Devil May Cry HD remake is awful. Um, I've heard that, uh, like the God of War HD remakes are very good, but they're just the same game on the new system. So I kind of see where Krabby's coming from. Um, what Webster's question was, was do they need to add or fix content or just make the same game, but in HD? Krabby mentioned the Shadow of the Colossus HD remake, which also, uh, came with Eco or Ico, if you want to pronounce it wrong. Um, <laughs> I do want to pronounce games, it wrong. Thank you. Those games, most people want to. <laughs> um, those games did not, you know, air quotes fix, um, uh, uh, you know, add a fix or, you know, create content. 
they literally just took the game, upscaled it, and put it out there. Um, like, no new textures. Like, you know, they all they really did was they adjusted the view so that the game would fit into 16 by 9 um, which actually was a feature on the PS2 version, so they actually didn't have to do much work with that. And they just kind of like, you know, upscaled the game. Um, even like the texture pop-ins that were in the PS2 version were present in the PS3. So you could tell they really didn't do a ton of work on it. They just, hey, throw this through an upscaler and throw it on a Blu-ray. Um, so as much as I love the game and, ha- and the game plays beautifully and fantastically, uh, just like Krabby said, like you fire it up and it's like, eh, this doesn't look super special. It just, you know, it just plays on my PS3. Um, but then you go, I, I think it, you need to have a game that someone puts a lot of work into to make it still feel like the original game, but give you additional value. And the best HD remakes I've ever played are the Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 HD remake collections and the Halo Master Chief collection. And all of those, uh, versions added a ton 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 of new content um and the thing is even though you've played the game they've added so much that it's there's a lot of things feel new but at the same time it feels familiar because you've played it before so i'm a big big uh, fan of uh adding uh, like a ton of additional content on an hd remake all right um i'm going to side a little bit different but closer to bill um I'm fine with them. I like them. You don't have to do anything <laughs> special. Uh, you know, if I liked the game the last time, I'll like it again. I don't really have that big of a problem with buying it again. I appreciate it if it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, I probably am not going to go spend 60 on it, but it just depends on the game. Um, Most stuff. Yeah, I've good, I've, good, good point. Very good point. I should applaud that. Yeah, I, I uh, pre-ordered Dark Souls 2, um, the new one that's coming to the new consoles. I'll spend $60 on that. I don't care. Um, if they would remake the original Dark Souls on the new console, I would buy that at full price. Um, you know, I, I've been asking for a long time, where's my Mass Effect trilogy HD remake? I would yeah. buy that on the new consoles. <sighs> that is six, six months prior to Mass Effect 4 to build the hype. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I, I'd be cool with that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need something special. If you want to kick in some extra stuff, awesome. You know, the Dark Souls 2 is going to have. So, you know, it's going to have DLC content. It's going to have some rework stuff. It's going to have some better multiplayer. Awesome. That's great. Would I have bought it without that stuff? Yes. I, you know, if I like the game, I like the game. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. Give it to me again. I'll keep playing it. That's, that's, that's a really good point about slightly lower price. And a lot of them are. Like Shadow Eco yeah. was 40 retail. Mm-hmm. The Kingdom Hearts games were 40 retail. Um, Master Chief, I believe, was 60. But, you know, it it's is... like three uh, games. Yeah, it's at least. I think it's well, it's it's one, two, four, and right. ODST wasn't on there. Correct. Yeah, four games. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to move over to Facebook. Now, um, this first question we've got from Facebook. It's a little longer, so it's going to take me just a second to read this. So, um, this is from Chris Roberts from the Narc Podcast. Okay, here we go. I'm hearing the word scalper a lot in regards to selling new things like Amiibo and the new 3DS, to name a few. Part of me feels like it's just a case of sour grapes, and the same people complaining are the same ones who used to complain about resellers before they too began to sell things to further their collections or for profit. So my question is, do you guys see a distinction between selling new things versus selling old things? 
I just want to take a minute to soak in how great that question is. It's, uh, it's very, it's a good, it's nuanced. It's very topical, especially with Amiibo right that, now. That's why Bill thinks it's a great question. It's got Amiibo in it. Well, let's not talk about the Amiibo portion of that question. <laughs> Krabby, so what do you think about Amiibo? The weakest part of the question. Uh, so um, Amiibo reselling, tell me. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with him 100%. I, I think it's just sour grapes. Um, they're not necessary things that people need, so I'm I'm okay if someone beat me to it and bought three of them off the shelf instead of one and and he's trying to make some money to do whatever he needs to do buy lunch buy more amiibos whatever he's doing with the profit from them doesn't bother me all right i would i would hope you would say something like that coming from a guy who has spent yeah who's both a reseller and who's spent a ridiculous amount on like one specific amiibo (laughs) yeah there you go all right bill i'm a much better person (laughs) <laughs> um then some of the people I, I'd like to think anyway than some of the people uh so I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Krabby. Um the free country. So if someone in a free market walks into a place, buys a whole bunch of things, wants to try to make a profit, um, it's up to the store to have like, you know, sometimes they have like, you know, policy limits on like, you know, quantities and stuff like that. But if they're within whatever the store's policy is, totally fine. I have no problem with that. Um it's it's a little hard to to swallow as a person who's looking for the Majora 3DS. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, you go to the store and then, okay, nothing. Go to GameStop, oh, they got nothing. Call my buddies at Best Buy, nothing. Call my guy who's a GM in the Toys R Us uh, system, uh, nothing. And, you know, it's like, it'd be one thing if, like, all that just happened. It's another when I go on Craigslist and there's one dude who has 37 of them stacked to floor to ceiling. Cause he just went and bought, you know, he, like he's got an in somewhere. Okay. F- $700 each, uh, cash only. And it's like, Oh, that, that, that part bugs me a bit because it's obviously exploit exploitive or exploitative. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, free market, somebody wants to grab a few extra things. The thing that, that bugs me is I really feel like there should be some additional karma coming back. Cause I've told people this a lot, a lot, but I'll go to a flea market and it's like, oh, there's a whole bunch of $2 games and, you know, you know, Mario RPGs in there. More often than not, I will buy that $2 Mario RPG and flip it. You know, you, you, like he, like, uh, uh, Chris says, you further your collection or you make some profit and you, you know, use that PayPal dollars to further your collection or, you know, buy any number of a million things. Um, but a lot of times I'll see that and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let someone else find that. I'm going to let someone else have the thrill of like finding the $2 really cool game and, you know, hopefully, you know, making their day. And I've been with people and they've seen me do that and they're like, why aren't you buying that? And I'm like, cause it'll be so cool if some kid just comes along and finds that for $2. So. Except the, the next mo- guy that comes along is an eBay reseller. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's that guy who's well, no, got he- 37 copies of Mario RPG on Craigslist for $700 each. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it has to be sour grapes because I feel sour about it. Okay, um, you know, I with this thing, I what, what what is a scalper? Oh, you know, it's a scalper that buys things solely for profit, right? I yeah, mean, but just, then everyone who's in business is a scalper. Isn't a scalper sure. specifically someone who buys something at retail and charges a premium on it because of the high demand? That, I, yeah. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, sure. Because typically it's associated with like concert tickets, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and you're buying well, them at box you're, office you're, and you're you're trying to get people that couldn't get tickets to the show on time and, and now they're it, last minute. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think you'd call someone a scalper if they found a copy of Panzer Dragoon Saga and then tried to sell it for $300. It's like, well, they just found this thing that no one can find and that's what the market value is of it right now. But someone who goes and buys, you know, 10... What's a popular Amiibo? Um, I don't know who's coming out in the new, like Mega Man. Lucario? I don't yeah, know, Lucario. Yeah. She's so... Lucario's a good one. That's exclusive to one store, so All it's right. a little harder. So find. someone goes into a store, buys a case of them, and then goes on Kijiji or Craig's and says, okay, $100 each. Like, on the one hand, you know, the market will sort itself out. If the market is angry enough at that person that they're doing this to not buy those things from them. And he's just out the money. Yeah. Right. That's the power you have as a consumer, but you can't complain about these people. And at the same time, they're selling all of the stuff that they bought because like, well, the market's sorting itself out. The market is telling this guy that they're okay with this. Yeah. Here's the way I look at it. If you're upset about Amiibo or whatever it may be, blame Nintendo. They're the manufacturer, right? They missed their targets in terms of they misjudged su- supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. They're the one that's driving the shortage. It's not the resellers that are driving the shortage. They don't control how many are made. Uh, blame Nintendo. Right. All they um, have to I, do is yeah. just make the, more. Nintendo's put a little blame on the, the what was it, the port dispute in the States there? Yeah, like, come yeah. on. <laughs> come on. Seriously. There's not um, some secret warehouse full of amiibos on that couldn't make uh, it because it's a, it's of some sh- it's a shipping stoppage. container, not a warehouse, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's not yeah. happening, right? I'm a little mad at Nintendo for you know making the Majora's uh, 3DS so limited that literally no one can hey, find them. Hey, Bill, I I did hear so you might want to start looking that they're going to put more out. So. I heard, yeah, someone just uh, tagged me in a Facebook post that there's going to be a second wave, and I'm so fingers crossed, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. Like, so if, if, you know, and not to be the snarky anti current Nintendo uh, guy, but like, uh, there's no way for it not to sound snarky. They, <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like they were surprised that people really wanted to buy Nintendo stuff. Like they put out this yeah. unique Nintendo product. Like, like the thing is, what do people love about Nintendo? All of those unique special characters. So they put out this really cool, unique, special Nintendo branded thing that works with your game systems. And they were like, oh, we didn't know anybody was going to want these things. <laughs> I, I've never heard them say that. I think they do it on purpose. I don't think they <sighs> unintentionally do it. I think they put out limited runs because they know if we sell every single one of these 200,000 units, we make X amount of profit. Why risk trying to sell another 50 to 100,000? We're happy. We know it'll sell. The next one will too. I don't, I don't know if I agree with all that because um, if you're you're a business that's publicly traded, your job is to make money, right? Your job is to profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're selling on eBay for fifty a pop, your shareholders are going to look at you and go, "Hey, wait a minute, buddy, how come you're not producing these things for fifty a pop?" Right? Because how come we're, you're we're... not making the profit? <laughs> They're they're making profit right now. They just put out their financial report. They're they're doing fine, even though they're right. But if you're a shareholder and if you're looking at this going on, aren't you going to go to the people up top and go, "Hey, wait a minute. These guys on eBay are making all the money. We're not. What's the problem?" 
I, Do you guys think Nintendo has a Nintendo Direct specifically for shareholders where Iwata just says, hello, everybody? Please understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. All I can say is that, you know, I don't blame the people. They're doing exactly what people will do, right? It's a supply and demand economy. It's going to happen whether you like it or not, unless we live in, like, some kind of gulag state where everything's rationed out. Um, so... You have to say it's okay because that's what it is. It's a, it's a capital market. Right. Uh, I blame the supplier. I mean, it's easy. This could, you know, if, and uh, I'm sorry, but that's the way I look at it. Um, and I'm glad I'm not going for an amiibo set. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, but, want... you know, that's it. Do I get mad? I mean, I've got two licensed NES titles that I still need. Do I get mad if the prices go up on them? Who am I to get mad at, right? I mean, there's only so many of them out there. They're not making them anymore. Price is the price. I can pay it or not. That's the way it goes. Yep. Um, all right. Um, next, we've got Brian Gelfond. And he asks, what games are you guys most excited to play next? Crappy? Do you think he's talking about new games that are coming out or just in general? I think yes. so. Yeah. I think so. Yes. All right. If it's new games, then there's, there's three big ones for me this year. All right. Besides uh, the order. Besides the order, yes. I'll, I'll leave that one to the wayside. Um, we got Bloodborne coming out next month. Pretty mm-hmm. pumped about. Um, yeah. got Batman coming out a couple months after that, which I will definitely get right away as well. Okay. And whenever they put a release date on it, I will be pre-ordering, which I never do, uh, Persona 5. I could see all those games definitely right up your alley. Yeah. Okay, sure. makes sense. Shimigami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem is supposed to come out this year too. They've literally showed nothing other than a title screen. I'm still excited for it, but I, I can't say exactly what it is, so I don't know. All right. Cool. Bill? Um, Chris? <laughs> you got nothing? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love video games. So, um, but yeah, uh, uh, Fleech, uh, I can't remember, like, maybe like a month or so ago, like, passed on a story that said, like, oh, like, the voice actor who plays Goofy or something said that Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out this year. Uh-oh. Um, that's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, until I have a trailer, until I have some gameplay, until I have something official, I'm not going to get my hopes up. Um, but I'd be lying if I didn't, if I said, you know, I wasn't excited for it. Um, but for things that we know are probably real, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think I'm thinking mostly of... Uh, I mean, I want to say Rock Band 4 because it's almost certainly going to be announced very soon. Um, there's way, way, way too many official signs for it not to be announced. But again, focusing on things we know to be real, <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say, I'm gonna pull a curveball. No one's gonna see this coming. All right. Wii U games. Well, okay, so Bill's gonna take the Wii U plunge for sure then. Zelda? I think it's hap- I think it's happening this year. So the Zelda game I'm very excited for. I'm excited to dig into uh some of the games that I've haven't been able to play, like whatever the Mario 3D Land World game is called. Um NES remix. Um because I kind I'm in a really, really comfortable place with my Xbox One right now mm-hmm. where I have like five games kind of like on in the on deck circle. Um, and I'm, I'm just happy as anything, uh, with it. So, you know, until this fall, when some other stuff comes out, I'm kind of starting to look in some other directions and, uh, the Majora's Mask 3DS, if it ever happens would be amazing. And then I'll play Majora's Mask for the first time. It's one of the only Zellas I've never played. 
um, and uh, some some Wii U stuff hopefully this year. Well, it's a good time to get into Wii U. That's for sure. Yeah, great machine now. Um, let me ask Bill. I'm just a, an aside, real quick. Uh, rock Band, which I know you and I both like, Rock Band a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, if they say the old instruments don't work anymore, are you still are you still doing Rock Band? A hundred percent. Really? It's, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I actually I have my old drum set, and I have the wireless drum set from Rock Band Two. I have three wireless guitars from Guitar Hero Three, which is my favorite guitar, the Les Paul. Um, I have one wired Guitar Hero 2 guitar, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so the point is, if the old instruments are 100% incompatible, how would I feel about it? I guess I'd feel better if the new guitar was substantially better and not super expensive. Um, so just yeah, a Guitar Hero guitar then? Uh, I'd be cool if it was a guitar... If, if it was just like a Guitar Hero guitar, no changes... If the package with the game and the guitar is eighty bucks, I'm okay with it. If it's like a hundred or more, I'll be like, "Come on, this guitar has been out for a hundred years. Like, why are you charging that you much?" You remember for that? how much that, that set cost, right? What the the whole band set? Yeah, it's pretty. The expensive. guitar, drum, and game was like, like one forty, right? One fifty, wasn't it? One forty, one fifty. Yeah. Um, and and in the uh, what do you call it? In the we don't know the you know the results of the Google form, but in the survey they put out, um. You know, they asked what are the most important factors and uh, you had to rank them like one to ten. Yep. And for me, the amount of money I have invested in DLC is way more than the amount of money I have invested in the instrument. So my number one was compatibility with existing DLC. Okay. Um, I have like over 150 uh, uh, songs downloaded uh, via DLC. And, uh, you know, like the import from ACDC, the import from Lego Rock Band, the import from Green Day Rock Band. Um, so that was my number one. Number two was compatibility with old instruments. Um, and all the rest of it, like, you know, the online multiplayer, which I actually did play with a couple of uh, guys I work with at Best Buy is really cool. But uh, uh, regardless, I'm buying it. Um, it's, okay. it's, it's, a ser- it's one of my favorite games of all time. If they don't make the, the controllers backwards compatible, I, don't, I may not do it. You can come play it at my house. There we go. There we go. Um, as far as my games that are excited to play next, um, I'm definitely excited to play Dark Souls 2. Uh, that's uh, April, I believe. And uh, I probably... At you, mean, you mean the, the the Xbox One version? Yes, yes, the new cool. Scholar of the First Sin re-release. Scholar of the First Sin is what it's called? Yes, it is. Cool. And uh, I'm going to be goading Bill. Maybe I can get him to play at some point in time. Hey, uh... You know what? You know what's better than buying one copy of Dark Souls Two? <laughs> buying two copies right, plus sure. shipping for one of those <laughs> copies to Connecticut. <laughs> nice try, Bill. Uh, Bing points. That's all I can tell you. You better get busy oh, searching on Bing. Um, and then I would, I, I would like to at some point in time, if I can swing it, um, I would like to get a PS4 and Bloodborne uh, at some point. So. Maybe I can make that happen at some point this year. So that's me. You would spend four hundred and fifty dollars on a game. Where's the value <laughs> proposition in that? That's like fifty dollars an hour or well, something. Then yeah, he, he can do, also get the order on the machine too. Oh, let's, yeah, there's another dollar's worth. Um, let's do the algorithm to figure out the amount of money spent. Hang on, can you guys tell that I'm pushing my glasses up my face with my finger right. as I do that? Right. Uh, well, let's move on to our last question. Our final question is similar to one we had before, but this is from Rich Franklin. Uh, Rich asks, 
With all the hype around the Majora's Mask remake, uh, what older game, so this would be a bit older then, uh, would you guys like to most see get a facelift modernization? So bringing an old game from the past into the future. Bill, what would you like to see? I want to say Outlaw Golf, but it is <laughs> but it is already compatible, so it does work on the 360, which is great. Um, I should have used that for the bargain bin game, too, because then you can play it on 360 with your crackdown. That should just be the answer um, to every question today. Yeah. <laughs> when do you Black. feel your your collection is complete? Outlaw Golf. Uh, <laughs> once you have all the Outlaw Golf. And actually, I didn't mention before because I really – I know I rambled, but uh, they had uh, – I think it was a Blockbuster exclusive – the Christmas that it came out, <laughs> nine there holes, nine, nine more holes, nine holes of Christmas, and then there was another one that came out. It was called like nine more holes of Christmas, I think. Um, they're both really, really good add-ons, and it's golf in the snow. Um, but back to Rich's question: with all the hype around Majora's Mask, what older game would you guys most like to see get a facelift? Hmm. Uh, well, I tell you what, can I jump in while you yeah, think sure, about sure. it? Yeah, Morrowind. Really, you, it's it's I you know I I've thought about it a lot actually. Is uh, Oblivion, which was a launch 360 game, mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it into it as much as I got into Fallout and Skyrim, and I've often thought like the Skyrim system, the the engine that it runs on is so much better. I've often wondered what Morrowind and Oblivion would be like in the Skyrim engine. I think I would go back and play them. Yeah, Morrowind was really janky, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Uh... Uh, but I liked it. I mean, I like that kind of game. And so if they could just redo it, fix the jank, um, I would totally play that. Totally. It's a good answer. Yeah. Krabby? You got anything? I don't know. I, I don't like a lot of them, but um, it wouldn't be something that's sprite-based. I, I like the look on those. I wouldn't want them to touch the aesthetic. So probably be something like PS1 era or something that wasn't very accessible. So I'd say either... I go something like Xeno Gears, but like add some like voice acting to it because there's a ton of dialogue in that game, and and clean it up because a lot of PS1 graphics uh, just don't age well for me, or right. or something like if they could figure out how to put like Wario Land on the Virtual Boy on like a 3D TV or something that'd be pretty sweet. The 3DS that you already own. <laughs> No, no, on a TV. <laughs> I don't, not handheld. No, nobody makes 3D TVs anymore, do they? Uh, I, I don't know. That was a fad. That was a fad. No Superman 64 remake in your future? Or... Turok? <laughs> how, do you fix, how do you fix perfection? <laughs> no Turok Dinosaur Hunter? I want to rock, rock. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, got anything for us, Bill? I want to rock. Um <laughs> oh, well, you didn't get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I never could. T- I was playing Burnout Paradise, and that song came on. And I was like, "Is he saying that he wants to rock, or that he wants to play Turok Dinosaur Hunter?" <laughs> no one wants to play Turok. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's a good question. Um, and Krabby makes a really good point. I don't know if and and one game goes against that. I think for him, um, I don't love when they remake the uh, older stuff, the sprite-based stuff, because I really do love that old aesthetic. But I think a lot of people had fun with the DuckTales remake at the same time, because they made it like more of like the cartoon uh, style. Um, that being said, as a huge RBI baseball fan, that, I that, wasn't a big fan of the RBI remake. The um, the DuckTales game was actually made by the same guys that did that Buenos Blob game, too. Oh, that's awesome news. Yeah. 
So that's all they do is they just modernize Nintendo games. They they've done a lot of remake ones, and and they did the uh, the Adventure Time games too. The, the specifically the good one, the Hey Ice King, Why Do You Steal Our Garbage? They they, <laughs> <laughs> they they do whenever they do a licensed project, I, I'm behind it, or a remake, I'm behind it. I can't uh, say what that. What are they for called? Like, uh, Way forward. Way forward. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're fantastic. Great, great development yeah. team. I didn't know they were. Well, that's good news. Um, so let me give you an answer real quick. Um, this might be a cop out because he mentioned Majora's Mask. Um, one of the other Zelda games that I've never played that I would love to, uh, you know, get like a slight upgrade for to make it easier for me to get through is Link's Awakening. Oh, okay. Um, I have a digital copy. <laughs> Did you I not know, play Krabby's the DX mad. for your make already? Uh, no, I don't own it. <laughs> Um, I only own a <clears throat> digital copy. Um, the uh, uh, well, that, no one's. That hey, is, ev- that is like my I, I don't one or first or second favorite Zelda game. I love that game. Hey, everyone knows when my birthday is. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> so, um, uh, but no, I got to. You know how Club Nintendo's going away? Yes. Yeah. So when they put all their games onto the you know onto the thing, and I only had like in like four or five hundred points, I'm kind of looking through and I'm like. Is there anything that I could just download to my 3DS? Because, you know, it doesn't matter if it's digital or whatever. I can just flip it open and play it wherever. I was like, ooh, Link's Awakening. Never, it was like, eh, I still plan on getting it physically, but I was like, I'll grab a digital copy of that. So I have it on my 3DS now, um, as well as uh, uh, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with Link's Awakening. Um, I'd love to see uh, a slight bump in that guy. There you go. Uh, yeah, the whole Club Nintendo thing. Yeesh. I'm kind of just sad. Um, I have like 240 points or coins, and like 250 is like the next level. So, mm. Mm. Anyway. But you can still activate things by the end of March, I've, is it? I've activated everything that I've got, so, you know. I'll... So all you need to do is go into a GameStop and go into the used game <laughs> section and find some codes. I'm pretty sure everybody's already done that. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, all right, well, thanks for all the questions, everybody, and uh, we'll get on with the show. All right, so this time uh, we want to kind of dig into a topic that sometimes can be, I don't know, sometimes I think this gets a little construed, the lines get blurred, but maybe we can talk about it. Um, And uh, so that's going to be the topic of... You better not start stinging blurred lines. (laughs) Don't don't worry about that one, trust me. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about the uh, idea of homebrew slash reproduction slash pirate games and kind of the different Ooh. categories that are involved in those. So, um, and kind of delineate because I don't know, uh, do you guys often hear some like confusion where people kind of mix these terms inappropriately sometimes? Definitely. Of course. I've, I've done it like with you guys in chats. Uh, well, we'll forgive you, Bill. We'll, we'll use you as the example. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize for my ignorance on no, the subject. In no, advance. you're fine. You're fine. Um, so let's talk about each category for just a minute. So uh, the first one, let's start with is homebrew games. So um, I would I would define homebrew games as software designed independently um, by one person or a small group for a console after the console's lifespan has 
ended. Would you guys differ with that at all? No, I, I like that definition. I think the only problem there comes with sometimes people saying technically unlicensed can fall under the same category. Could just okay. be that definition. But that's what how I use it. Uh, that's how, That was my understanding of it, and the only difference is when Chris said independently, um, meaning, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, one person or a small group of like maybe two or three people independently of like a company, whereas like if it's like a company like Comerica or uh, there's something like that, you know, then that, that'd be the only difference between homebrew and unlicensed as I'm, as I'm hearing you describe it. Yeah, and uh, I think even when we talk about that, this is... It's, there's kind of a big gray area in but even, all of even this. Even then, like, uh, isn't um, Civac Games is technically a company, right? That did Battle Kid. It's a guy, but but he's like um, he's got a little company around his his homebrews, doesn't he? Um, I don't know if it's technically a company, maybe, but um, it's like one, a, like it's one guy, right? Um, so let's give some examples that we I would think would be in this category, and you guys tell me if you. I um, would disagree. Um, Battle Kid for the NES, it's Civic, yeah, right? Yeah, agree. Um, CGE Adventures, which is an Atari 26 homebrew that was actually designed after another podcast and then hosts. <laughs> so you can get that. Agreed. Hint, hint to all the uh, homebrewers out there. <laughs> yeah, no, We're no. very, very popular on Podcast <laughs> Pickle. <laughs> no, we would love that. Um, Ducks on the DC, which was, uh, I think, an earlier um, shooter. There's a lot of them now, I think. Yeah, they keep coming out. Yeah, it's yeah. very popular on the Dreamcast. And Astro Hawk, which is a, a Super Nintendo homebrew release. Can I put, can I guess another one that should fit into this uh, category? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, the uh, uh, Dragon Leap games? Yeah, absolutely. I would put those in there. Yeah, it's just a one-man show. That made those. And uh, what's that uh, Master System game that came out at Too Many Games a few years ago? Something about bread? Bread and butter. Same yep. guy. Yep. Uh, Vinny Crisafuli, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, yeah, he's put a couple games out for sure. Um, so let's, I want to spend a minute and maybe talk about where this can get blurry. Okay. So there were some games that were released towards the end of the NES Famicom lifespan uh, that probably some people might call unlicensed, but some people may try to dump this into another category, right? So um, I don't know. You have games from companies like Gluck, um, which again we could say that's a it's a company. We've got Sachin Games, you know, from China. Those ones get argued about a lot. They do get argued about a lot. Um, we're talking about the NES now. I'm sure there's probably some other ones, but those are easy ones to pick on, right? Yeah. And I then, guess. and then in uh, <laughs> like Brazil and stuff, there's all sorts of stuff that came out for the Master System. Oh, for years after, and and weird stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that stuff is super interesting to me. Yeah, because um, it was kind of a wild west. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, to a degree down there for sure i had a chance to play the street fighter 2 on the master system with someone up here yeah it's fantastic it's It's really hard to do like fireballs and stuff but the music and the sprites are very impressive for master system lance uh from retroware i was at his house a couple weeks ago and he's got like all like the mortal Kombat uh for master system they're all great 
it's hard to do anything in them. But like, <laughs> you, put, you put them in a master system, and you're like, okay, I got punch and kick, and then like the combinations on the D pad, and they're they're great. They're pretty good, huh? But we can't lump those in the homebrew, right? Because those are licensed IP, no. right? Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to put those into a category. If you guys will agree, maybe called unlicensed reproductions or slash pirates. Uh, I think yeah, pirate. What's the difference between unlicensed reproduction and pirate? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Isn't a pirate an unlicensed reproduction? Man, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of argument there. I think you're going to get a lot really? of argument there. Not with me, but I think with, with some other crappy? people. <laughs> I think out in the and the gaming public, you might. Um, I, I don't think anyone could possibly disagree with that stance. I I'm just going to tell no. you. Okay, no, when people say pirates, are they talking about, like, you know, people who, like, you know, like the people in Chinatown who, like, make yeah, fake stuff I, I and sell it on the you're, road? you're typically saying with a pirate that the people or company involved with making the game are not seeing any profit from it. Someone else has remade a version of something they did. And okay. That's like I'm a pirate or a bootleg, yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> 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 Man. Um, all right, well. Let's well, let's save that for a minute because I think okay, we're going to find some interesting sorry, stuff. I jumped ahead. No, you're fine. No, that's good. It's good because I think every time we hit any of these categories, we're going to be jumping <laughs> around a lot. There's it's like a, a what you, it's like a Venn diagram. <laughs> Something. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they, right? They all overlap. Oh, from I want to see that now. Some from, yeah. from different <laughs> viewpoints. I think some people are gonna are gonna see that. Um, and I don't know if there's a good rationale, but we'll we'll talk about that. So. Um, Homebrew, as as far as that goes, I think there's home active homebrew for probably about every classic system. I mean, there's plenty of it that's going on. Uh, a lot of these games make it to physical release. It's very common, mm. and some of them don't. Oh, um, did you guys see the Guitar Hero for NES? D D pad D pad Hero, yes. <laughs> no, but that sounds really cool. Uh, it looks so good. But here's my question. Are there other 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 licensed songs in it? <laughs> or are you just playing NES songs like you're playing the Contra theme? I think no, I th they put a few actual songs in there too. I think they're riffing on songs, yeah. right? But that wouldn't be homebrew, would it? I don't know. That's a weird one. It, <laughs> yeah. They're they're just taking someone else's idea and trying to like make it their own. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe right. unlicensed, <laughs> but it's not in the <laughs> lifetime of the console, so it has to be homebrew, right? Oh, D-Pad Hero has Michael Jackson the way you make me feel. <laughs> Which I'm sure Bill, is licensed. Bill is buying it now. I just want to go play D-Pad Hero now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. Because some get physical release, some don't, right? And the method right. to which they get released may be odd. So there are actual legitimate, I don't even know how you would, authorized releases... So, you know, you can go buy Battle Kit from Retro USB. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you want D-Pad Hero on a cartridge, there's no authorized copy of that you can buy. But you can go to a number of people that will make you one. Now, isn't there, isn't there, because I've seen that happen sometimes, like, where, like, people who make, uh, you know, not repros or home, but, like, people who will take a ROM for you and put it on a cart. Mm-hmm. There's almost like this kind of like honor system of, 
well, we won't do that game because it's someone else's and it's, you know, it's, uh, they sell it type stuff. Usually if they are actively selling something else, uh, or it has been sold, <laughs> this is where it gets crazy, right? <laughs> uh, they won't, uh, but that's not always the case. So you can find somebody with the underground handshake that will make you anything. Sure. Of course you can. You can make it yourself. Right? If you if you know what a cyclone is, I guess you could. <laughs> um, you get a chip programmer, you, an EEPROM burner, you get some boards, and away you get some shells, and away you go. Right? Um, you'll be sh- you'll be shunned. Maybe to a certain degree, um, but fake carts show up on eBay all the time, right? Do they? Yes, they do. I'm. I mean, it's. I would imagine they do. I'm not. Uh really in the cart uh, uh, game. Nintendo Age is pretty... They've got some good sleuths on there that they call out uh, fakes that pop up there like every every week. It seems like there's a few. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, yep. You'll hear about fakes. They'll pop up. Um, and usually they gun those down pretty quick. Everybody will jump on and report the sale. But uh, it... I bet all the sleuths at Nintendo Age look like the guy in the cover of Deja Vu. <laughs> <laughs> Trench coat and a fedora. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what they do. Um, so let's, so there's religion releases, right? There are some that actually get a cart and then there are some that are just ROMs that are floating around. So Mm -hmm. those may get put onto a cart by somebody and they may get put onto a cart by many different people. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as collectability goes, what do you guys think about those? Um, I mean... That's one of those things where I, I I would imagine there's people out there who just want to get every single known thing in that you know uh, in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I mean, collectability wise, I mean you're trying to get all the things, right? Sure. Um, if you're just getting them to play them, then it's probably more of a more question of like, well, is this game fun? Yes, this game is fun. Awesome. Let me get it on a cart so I can just throw it in my system whenever I want to play it. Now, Krabby, you were just talking about Mad Wizard a little earlier, right? Yeah. Which is a, a new homebrew release. It is. For the NES. Um, so how do you feel about those? And uh, you've got a couple already. I got a few, yeah. Um, I, when I was going for my full collection, I didn't have much interest in them because I only get X amount of dollars and I wanted them to go towards my collecting goal. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm done, when something like this pops up, I am way more interested in it than than I was previously. So I'm I'm probably going to pick up Mad Wizard sometime in the next month here, depending how my income tax goes. Does that drive you at any point to go, all right, then I want to be on the own all the homebrew release bandwagon, collect them all? Not at all. Not, <laughs> Not at all. all. No. Why? What's the difference? Um... There's no defined list, and it's obviously still growing too, which is always an interesting dynamic to collecting, but not one I'm interested in in grabbing in that particular arena. It's it's almost like collecting. Well, it's not really like this, but like it's it's <laughs> Just say like it. when I think of like, well, I was gonna say it's almost like collecting prototypes. Like it feels like a thing where like you couldn't possibly ever get them all because of like all the different like, you know, versions. This one was released at this show. This one was this. So it's like, if you get the opportunity to grab a few prototypes and they're interesting, throw them on a wall, throw in your collection. That's awesome. But like it's all, and it's almost like with rich says with the uh, 2600, there is no complete 2600 set because there's 80 billion games. 
And there's so many like one to 10 offs there too, that, you know, yeah. they're going to eventually get into people's hands that aren't going to leave until they die or get offered insane amounts of money. Now, I, I don't mean to derail this, but can I just ask, yeah. do these games, I thought I've read somewhere that they don't work in things like the Retron. They update and patch the Retron so that some of them will get added as they, as their popularity grows, I think. That's cool. Yeah, like the Retron 5 will do that. But like some of the older clone machines, some may, some may not. Right? Yeah, they're hit and miss. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I collect quite a few homebrews for the NES. I don't really do a lot for any of the other systems. Um, I I like them. It's, a, it's kind of a broad way to keep growing a platform that I really enjoy. Uh, I don't, I have no desire to try to get like all of them or something because that would be probably near insanity <laughs> i think do, does every homebrew appreciate because i've never i've never seen one go down in value i've never seen one go down in value either but you're talking so if, pretty low runs on these things right so, so if it's something you are gonna uh you know kind of jump on the wagon for you have to get in front of it and get these games when they're first released, unless you want to be paying out the nose. Yeah, that how it works? they get expensive. Like even the the ones we expect now, like the Eight uh, Bit Christmas ones, like just from one year to the next, it's it's hard and expensive to get some of them. Why do you think every year I like, hey guys, Eight Bit Christmas might want to buy a couple copies? Yeah, <laughs> and you guys don't buy dirty, copies. Dirty scalper. Dirty scalper. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> this is why he has no problem with people doing this. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, you know, anybody can buy them. It's fine. That's true. And if you don't want to buy true. them, then, you know, you'll have to pay more later. What do you want me to do about it? Uh, either yeah, that or you don't get it. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I can understand that. It's, it's just Christmas. I thought you'd send me one. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Um, but sure, yeah, I definitely... Um, you know, there are some homebrews that I got in on, and there was maybe 50 copies, period. Um, right. So the the instant, you know, within 10 minutes, they're gone, and they're already worth way more than what I just paid two seconds ago. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Can I tell you what homebrew that I played at one of Chris's events, um, and I absolutely loved, and it's just so simple and so much fun? Yeah. Have you ever played Virus Cleaner? I have Virus Cleaner, yeah. Virus cleaner is great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so simple. Have you played it, Crab? I haven't. No, I've seen video for it though. It does look good. Oh man, it's uh, it's it's the dude who runs. Uh, um, uh, I think it's NES City, like NES City dot com. Uh, well, here you go. <laughs> no, there. Whoa, what happened? There's not exactly. Uh, oh, did someone buy a guy? Well, um. That's the guy that makes a box for that. Um, oh, no, you're right. That's right. He wasn't the guy who made the thing. He was the box guy. Right. The guy that actually made the game was uh, the man behind Sly Dog Studios, which made the Mad Wizard that recently came out. Uh-huh. Um, and you can buy that cart. God, I, I need, like, the wiki page to follow this. <laughs> I know. It's tough. You can buy Virus Cleaner. I bought Virus Cleaner. There is one place where he says go here to buy it so he gets a cut um now are other people selling copies uh, maybe right <laughs> it's tough to say um but that's something you have to consider that's uh 
Yeah, it's tough sometimes to go through and legit because some of these get limited runs. Some of them you can keep going and buying them from whoever they say is the authorized seller of something. Um, mm-hmm. Man, it's tough. It's a tough deal. But yeah, it's a, that's a fun game. I bought that one. They're I, still you can still get that one. I like virus cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to buy it. I'm looking right now, and it's not on the it's not on any city anymore. The box, so no, I'm getting scared. Uh, no, send the message. Go to look for Sly Dog Studios, and you'll find out uh, who. I'll have to write this down later. I'll, I'll do it. This is like homework. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and foreshadowing, we may uh, we we may be coming back to Sly Dog Studios sometime in the future. Hmm. Oh, that sounds like uh, something uh, maybe happening. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Foreshadowing. Um, all right. So now, obviously, homebrews come out for a lot of different systems. Um, and again, some of them never make it onto a legitimate release. Sometimes they even may make it on some compilation cart later. Um, but a lot of people just play them on flash carts or, or sometimes just burn a disc or whatever it may be. Um, but, hey, that's it, right? New games coming out. All right, so let's let's move on to uh, probably what's considered a pretty small category, at least right now, I would think. And that is licensed reproductions. So I've got a couple. What? Yeah, I've got a couple examples here. Uh, one of those, Sunday Funday, on the NES, just recently got a <laughs> re-release by the IP holder. So you can go buy new copies of Sunday Funday now. So way forward, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Super Noah's Ark 3D. You can buy that one now. Um, I saw a copy of that at uh, Retro Games like a year ago. Yeah, so there's re- that you can buy that's being reproduced, is resold there, now. Is the reproduction version of that does it have the same weird shell as the no. old one? No, no, it does not. It's in a. It looks like a legit shell. Um, and then I would also throw in um, a company, Good Deal Games, sells some Sega CD titles that were uh, canned originally, but were done, and mm. they bought the rights up and sell those. So you can go That's buy them. That's super interesting to me. What about yeah. the uh, the Cheetah Man two a few years back? <laughs> uh, that's that's that some people feel that that one's in debate. Right. Uh, I don't. What, what's your thought? You think it's like a licensed reproduction then? I do. Um, I know a lot of people uh, wonder if the guy legitimately had the rights to it. I right. think he did. I think he did. I think he bought the rights to it. Um, and. It, there's no way it got as much attention as it did, and if somebody else had the rights, they would have right, stepped in and went, hey, I want that money. That, that was my thought, too. Yeah, so... Um, those, those big cheetah men bucks. <laughs> well, he did make some money. I mean, it was a successful, successful to, yeah. Kickstarter, sold some carts, uh, did some licensing of, like, T-shirts and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I- Excuse me, I was going to ask, are there other companies that buy up rights to canned games and release release them or is that kind of unique no um pico interactive which sells super nose arc 3d um they've been doing that from what i understand they're um, looking at doing some more of that um they've bought i think maybe some more rights to go forward with I, I know nobody cares but me, but uh, there's advertisements and screenshots for NHL '96 for 3DO. Oh no! <laughs> and it was and it was and it was never released. And I would love to actually have that. 
I'm thinking Thrill Kill on the PlayStation. I would imagine something like a hockey game, because there's so much licensing involved, it would have no chance at hell. No, yeah, definitely. You could strip You'd out the like, team names, right? Yeah, but then is it really the NHL that Bill wants? I don't think the I honestly don't think the NHL would care one way or the other if this little thing because like how much business is going to do? Oh, like, they'd care. They, they always care. Fifty copies. It's, yeah, it's oh, not like care. they're they're doing it for the money. They're doing it to protect their brand. Yeah, that's yeah. an IP thing. You have to always protect your IP, uh, you, or you'll be on shaky legal ground if you ever have to defend it. Uh, <laughs> I still want it. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it might might be out there. So. um this is contentious, right? Especially in the collector community. So, um, Krabby, what do you think about these? Um, I'm fine with them. I, I I got the Cheetah Men 2, and I have it at home, and I count it as my legitimate copy. I don't have a first-run version of it. It's, is it open? It's checked off. No, it's still sealed. For good reason. <laughs> you guys didn't buy one to play and one to <laughs> no. save? I have done that before, not with Cheetah Men. <laughs> I've got Action 52, so I can play Cheetah Men if I want to. Yeah. I do that with all my Amiibos, I buy two. <laughs> I do have a lot of doubles. <laughs> I, hey, where's yeah. my pit Amiibo, Krabby? It's in the mail. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's in the mail. It's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's, it's it what is. you tell your that's what you tell your electric company when you pay the bill. <laughs> so it's in the mail. Your Martha yeah, Amiibo's in, in the mail. It's worth as much as yeah. I owe you for my electric bill. <laughs> Oh, did I forget to sign that check? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> so, Bill, what do you think? Um, I, I I think it's a whole new world. Um, that there there's some interesting bits uh, to it for me. If you're asking me if I think that like the Cheetahman style thing is like a legit thing, um, I I tend to lean towards yeah, it's legit. Um, and uh, like just so companies that like you know have the rights to this thing. And I know there's people who debate, like, oh, did that guy really have it or not have it? But, you know, at the end of the day, it's got, you know, it's got the name on it. It's got a story behind it. Like, you know, people can argue about it as long as they want. I know some people on RFGen have, have specifically told me, like, yeah, I think that's totally uh, bunk. Um, but uh, I, I tend to lean towards that's a legit thing. It's a company. They did it. And that's real. So let's talk about why people get into conniption fits about this for a minute. Because in a collector community, that's where this stuff happens. I personally think people get into conniption fits about this because they think it devalues the things they already own. I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that probably most people that complain are the people that already own the original. I think more than the devaluing, I think it it lets more people into that exclusive club that they felt awesome about being in before. Oh, so it's a prestige thing. Is I that think it? so. I think so. Cause if you're one of the, you know, 200 guys that owns a myriad right. six and one, and then you're one of the guys who has a Keltron six and one, they're, they're kind of claiming they're in the same group. So you're doing whatever you can to tell them that they're not. It's, it's, it's almost, it's almost like, you know how, like when people like, let's say, let's say I'm a 34 year old guy, right? Or 35, whatever I am. And <laughs> you don't know how old you are. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and let's say I've been playing, you know, like my first Final Fantasy was, you know, like Final Fantasy, you know, three or six, you know, whichever we want to call it. And, uh, you know, then I meet this, you know, really cool younger person, like in their 20s. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love video games. It's great. I've, you know, I, I started with Final Fantasy 10. 
Um, there are tons of people who like, you know, oh, well, I've played more of the games than you. So yes. like, I, I'm a bigger fan. I'm a bigger Final Fantasy person. So it's like they they like having that tenure that, you know, like that they're like kind of like above you in some way. So it's like if you've been collecting forever and you have the original thing and now these new people are coming in, they're getting this new thing. It's like, well, no, like you put in the work, you yeah. put in the mileage, like you, you don't want them there you know, thinking they're on the same level with you because you know you're better than they are. So <laughs> I, I could definitely see how yeah, it's like Bill, a little bit Bill of a... Uh, very eloquently, I like that analogy. That was exactly what I was trying to say. No. Well, you can see this illustrated like on Nintendo Age, right? Nintendo Age has these little awards that they'll put, you know, <laughs> for certain things. And I have one. Yeah. Um, Play Choice 10 owner. <laughs> <laughs> and people love them, right? It's like a yeah, bragging rights sort of thing. I had to email the guy a picture of my machine yeah. like with like my name on it, so he made sure I didn't Google image it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, same thing. I like my pinball and whatnot, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but there is a Cheetah Men 2 award. But guess which oh. one you're going to get it for. Are there two different badges for it? No, there's just one badge. Oh. First run. Yeah, and they're not going to count the second one. Right? There'd be mutiny. Well, uh, would there? (laughs) For like a a month, there would be. There would be some kerfuffle. You just just said people have conniptions. That sounds like there'd be a big problem. Some people. I mean, some people do. Right? Some people do. Okay. Um, It would be a kerfuffle, that's for sure. They would ruffle some feathers. Uh, But you'd ruffle... Well, maybe a few dozen people's feathers that own Cheetah Men 2. I mean, not only do they have to own it, they have to own it and care that other people own them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say that, oh, that's dumb. They should let everybody, I don't care. I don't care. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, that kind of goes back to that point of that almost like that elitism, right? That uh, I want to show off. That's my thing. And I I don't care. That's fine. Um, I, I don't. If if that's what it is, you know, if I owned an original one, they said, "Oh, we re redid it. Uh, we're going to give this badge to some other people." Okay, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but you know, there's going to be feelings about that either way. I've never been one of those people where, uh, "Oh, my collection is bigger and better than yours." So no, no, no. Um, I like <laughs> you, what I like. Never want to say that because you know there's another guy who's going to show you up two oh, minutes sure. later, right? Or somebody else that has a small collection is still going to pull something out that's cool, yeah, and that you don't have, totally. right? So yeah, you know, have fun with it. But this is uh, a very uh, rather recent development, at least in carts. I mean, a good deal games been selling Sega CD stuff for uh, for a while. But, uh, you know, in, in terms of these cart releases for, you know, like Wisdom Tree games and things, this is pretty new territory, I think. Uh, I think we'll probably see more if these are successful. I don't. I would be surprised if we don't see Color Dreams and some of this stuff kind of come down the pike, because why not, <laughs> right? If you own the Color Dreams IP, what else are you going to do with it? You're going to make yeah. HD remake of uh, Baby Boomer. <laughs> right <laughs> for the Wii, for the Wii. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's not a money pen. <laughs> you meant original Wii, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, HD on yeah. the original Wii. <laughs> <laughs> There's about a million of those things out there. Sure. Uh, all right. So um, now let's talk about the dark side of reproductions for a minute. Um, there is no. There's a dark. We haven't been talking about the dark side? <laughs> no. The 32X game? 
But, oh, oh, snap. Ah, one of those is going to fall in here. Um, unlicensed reproductions. That's not so dark. Dark side is very dark. <laughs> oh, but um, <laughs> but I have that. <laughs> besides dark side, um, which I, you know, Bill, I saw this. It's a very good reproduction. Um, it's really, really, really good. <laughs> there's um very popular ones like the Nintendo World Championship that Retro USB sells. Um, there was a run of Fix It Felix Jr. for the Sega Genesis a little while yep, back. I, I, it's one of the very few things that I got in on first run. Yeah. Um, Tempest for the Atari 5200. That was uh, an unlicensed reproduction. And uh, I'd say Street Fighter for the Master System and Famicom. I would lump in this. But this is uh, Blurred Lines again. I think some of this can... Some people would call up some of these pirates. Some of them would call them mm. unlicensed. Because some of these are unlicensed because uh, you're stealing the IP. Some of these are unlicensed because you just straight ripped off the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but would a game that would a reskin fall in this same category? Like what? Like if you took Super Mario Brothers and put the three of our faces like if like you like ROM replace hack sprites. Kind of oh, that's a hack. That's I think something okay. different. But it's on a cart okay. now, so it's collectible. <laughs> to some <laughs> right. people it is. So what but what would that fall under? I think what, Bill's asking. What if what if someone did a ROM hack and then released a limited run of fifty at an event? They do that. Where does that fall under categorically? I would call that a hack. Unlicensed hack ROM pirate. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, that's it. I don't. There's no magical lines, is there? Well, of course there are. No. <laughs> it's either a complete NES set or it isn't. All the You'll flags get... have to match. <laughs> uh, I'll go the same thing and say the same thing Banana says. If you want to know what a real complete NES set looks like, it doesn't exist. Mm. But uh, you can do subsets. But we've had that show. That was a good show. It was a good show. <laughs> so some of these, even though they're completely illegitimate, are still highly sought after, right? Like the Nintendo World Championship reproduction... Uh, from retro yeah. USB, right? Uh, I still can't catch it when it's on when it's available. Oh man, those things sell in like two hours. It's crazy. Yeah, can you guys please like make like everyone out there in the world, uh, Wild Bill fifty two rfgeneration.com. Like when you see it in stock, just let me know. Hey Bill, there's a uh, thread on Nintendo Age, and all you have to do yeah. is subscribe to it. That'd be awesome. There's a stock updates thread. Um, is is it for all sorts of different stuff? It's for everything they sell on their site, but you, know, you just get an email. Just go check the thread real quick. Oh, just a retro USB thread? Yeah, it's a retro USB, nice. USB stock updates. Awesome. I will find it. Um, but they also sell a Nintendo Campus Challenge reproduction. Uh, a couple of the ones, right? They also sell Donkey Kong like Country. More? What's that? Why, Why is, is it Campus more? Challenge like $20 more? Uh, it's a more complicated cart. It's got really? uh, like dip switches and stuff on it. Well, doesn't the, Nintendo, the NWC have dips so that you can yeah. choose the like the time settings and everything? It does. Um, because NWC seventy and Campus Challenge is like a hundred. There's something else that's got. I uh, maybe it's more complicated. I don't remember, but there's more to it. I don't know whatever that is. Um, but they also sell Super Nintendo reproductions. 
right? There's another campus challenge. They sell a reproduction of Donkey Kong Country competition cart. Yes. Which um, I'm surprised doesn't earn more ire (laughs) from the collecting (laughs) community. Well, they make it look so different that I don't think anyone's ever going to try and pass it off as a, hey, I have a complete collection, blah, blah, blah. That that's what I was gonna say. Like as long as it doesn't look anything like the original, then I think people are kind of cool. And as long, I think most of the guys who own the re- real stuff want the reproduction to say "reproduction real big" on it, or like be like mint green or something. Yeah, sure. But these things are still ripping Nintendo off, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's not. How no. so? They're not ripping Nintendo off. You rip somebody off like I like I drink your milkshake. Like I walk into your house, I stick a straw in your milkshake, and I drink it, and then I walk out the door. Like they're not doing that. They're not. So if no. Nintendo decided they wanted to put Nintendo World Championship cart on Wii Virtual Console, that'd be different. Then everyone would have to stop. Would they? Because now it's back on. Well, you mean would they stop or would they have to? Stop? Would they stop? No, they wouldn't. <laughs> okay, but I, I, all right. But, but, then. I, but I think then they have a case because it's like, oh, well, now this thing's back on the market. I'm not trying to argue one way or the other. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate yeah. here. It's, yeah, um, it, no, yeah, and, and, and me to a certain degree, I, too. I, 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 own just, the, I own the things. Right. I just don't think – I don't see Nintendo getting ripped off until they're, like, in the same marketplace selling the same thing because then money's getting taken out of their pockets. What do you think, if they're not If they're not selling it – then it's like, well, you're not taking advantage of the opportunity anyway, so like you're not getting ripped off. If they're trying to sell the same thing and somebody's like, hey, we're making this exact same thing that we don't own the rights to and we're selling it, then I kind of see the thing. But otherwise, I don't really see it. What do you think, Crab? No, it, it does sound weird that you can like turn the switch on and off, but it, it makes sense. Yeah, if, if two people are trying to sell something and one person owns the rights to it. All right. So let's advance it down the line a little bit and see what we think about the next one. Fix It Felix Jr. That's a Disney IP. (laughs) Correct. There is a Fix It Felix Jr. iOS game. Correct. With you so far. They make a Sega Genesis cart. When you say they, you're talking about the person who made the repro. Yes, and I won't say... It's not a repro. Because he actually programmed it himself. I do this all the time. I, I say repro for like everything to do with uh, anything that somebody makes, and yeah, that's not true. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because it, it sort of is a reproduction, but it's also reprogramming. Um, right. Maybe it's a pirate. I don't know. I don't know what to call this thing. Yeah, it's a, it's an homage. Because yeah, no, it's a good. straight it's a straight <laughs> copy of the but, iOS. But game, he had to do all the reprogramming, so <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah, so he should get paid for that work. <laughs> That's like someone no, like I've, painting a famous painting and selling it for less, right? Yeah, same selling idea. Prints, so, right? so uh, if I paint the Mona Lisa, and I say, "Hey, you want to buy the Mona Lisa?" Yeah, well, sure, that, street that's the same idea. Do this all the time. A street artist will get on the street. He'll do like a, he'll do like you know like uh, the scream in like thirty eight seconds. Everybody's like, oh yeah, he did the scream in thirty eight seconds. I'll give him twenty dollars for that. Like everyone knows that he's not Van Gogh. <laughs> everyone knows he's just a guy who did like a copy of a thing. They just think he did a good version of it. So like yeah, we know that this dude who's in my lovely state of Connecticut, and he's a pretty cool dude. Um, we know that he's not you know uh, Walt Disney. 
um, or whoever wrote uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. It, it was well, Walt Disney. He definitely Walt wrote Disney. that before he died. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, like, I, I know that this is a devil's like Chris loves Devil's Advocate. I love he, it. <laughs> it's his fa- it's his favorite Ke- it's his favorite Keanu Reeves movie. Uh, um, it's all our favorite but, Keanu Reeves uh, movie. It is really it is a really good movie. <laughs> it is really good. Charlie Theron. People oh, forget she was in it. Pacino. Um, I, I can't forget that scene. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's disturbing, but I'm glad I was there for it. Um, so, uh, uh, but no, I I get where you're going with the Devil's Advocate bit. I just. That th- this is one of them that like I have trouble with that blurred line that you were talking about. Okay, it's a total current Disney IP thing that they're in the same marketplace with. Um, this is a tricky one for me to uh, to dissect because Van Gogh is dead, right? He can't come back and say, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm still trying to sell this painting." But there's that Don't guy that copies. that legitimately owns the Scream or that museum or whatever, whoever has it. And they're, are they worried about it being devalued? Probably not. But that's a one of a kind thing rather than a, you know, had a 10,000 or a million run or whatever. Sure. But Disney, do you think they would care if they caught wind of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I absolutely think that. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Like, I, it's almost like, you know, when like you make a pre order online for Majora's Mask 3DS hardware and then it gets canceled. Yeah. And then, like, a few days later, you see it pop up again on a website, and you're like, all right, I'm going to make this order, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be canceled. Right. <laughs> that was my feeling when I when I was, like, on the, the waiting list or whatever for uh, Fix It Felix. I was like, all right, I'm getting on this list, but there's no way I'm actually going to get this thing because <laughs> Disney's going to kill it. Um, so I'm kind of surprised they don't know. They, like, they didn't take action on it. Yeah, I think that's a tough one because it's a game that didn't – uh, exist. It's a reprogramming mm. of a of a game that's out legitimately, and it's you're stealing someone else's IP. Now, now let me put this out there. I just 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 to uh, clarify, the Fix It Felix iOS app is free, so they're not selling it. I want to say there is an ad supported version and a paid version. Okay. Even if there wasn't, the, you're, it's still like a promotional material, right? It's promoting the movie. Yeah, correct. You're, you're, it's still a uh, like an investment in your IP. Yeah, yeah. They paid money to develop that game, and then someone stole it. Oh, well, they they paid you know fruit or whatever the currency of the country they had it developed <laughs> yeah, right. program okay. was. Uh, Several right. hours of daylight. They, they kicked the children in the sweatshop a few times the yeah. way it went. And, and then they said, I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to another one that's a little different. Uh, well, and I'll just go with Street Fighter because Krabby mentioned Street Fighter on the Master System. There's also uh, Famicom versions. Can we mention Street Fighter on the Virtual Boy because it looks so good? Uh, you can mention it, but I think that's a legit release. So. That's a legit – that's Capcom working on that? The Game Boy game? No, the Virtual Boy oh, one. Oh, Virtual Boy. No, that's a, that's a, that would be the same category. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Category. And, and it looks so good. I can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's got his whole, our whole, the rest of the video, I mean, the rest of the show, he's got us take care of. <laughs> There's the end of the song. I couldn't keep it going. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, <No> win. <laughs> Perfect. 
Uh, all right. So there we've got stealing of an IP by a foreign sure. company for Boo. profit. Boo. Hate it. Sounds legit. So somehow we've <laughs> we've gone from something that was fine in one place to not fine now. Well, I because I I own Fix It Felix, so it's fine. <laughs> he's, he's one of those first Ranchita men guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As soon as I have uh, one of these Street Fighter uh, uh, fakes, then I'll be okay with it too. I've got Street Fighter for the Famicom. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Mortal Kombat for the Famicom. But like uh, legit. No, there is no legit. <laughs> They're legitimate pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have Assassin's Creed Four uh, Famicom version? No, I've got like Harry Potter on Famicom. Really? Nice. Why yes, the original release? Or <laughs> there, yeah, there is no original. That's that's the problem. Why right? does that exist? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. It, Did enough people still have Famicoms when Harry, po- Harry Potter was very popular that they thought man, they could make money on it? In Asia- and was it released in Japan? Man, you have to understand, uh, China couldn't get home consoles until like a couple years ago. Just last year, wasn't it? Yeah, all they were doing like like, like uh, Famicom pirate clones and things. I think they just got Devil's Advocate on LaserDisc. <laughs> Enjoy. That's all I can say. Bill, no? This this is bad all of a sudden? Yeah, it's bad. I don't <laughs> like this at all. Why is it bad now when it wasn't bad a minute ago, other than you own the other one? Yeah, because I... Because there's I a corporation no, behind it? Yeah, and I really don't have any interest in Famicom. Okay, the Master System version, which you said was very good, of Mortal Kombat. Uh, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Bill has the master no system is because the master system is cool. It's got some good box art, as Rich pointed <laughs> out. After we after we poo pooed all over the box art, uh, Rich was like, "Uh, no." Mike came and into the like, store the next day to complain about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Rich was like, "I don't know what you guys are talking about." <laughs> you can walk march in there. Grabby, now you listen here, mister. I want my money back. <laughs> He's Canadian, so I mean, he must be like, um, I hate to disagree with you, but... It must have been the most polite argument. <laughs> I've been working up the courage to say this all day, but no, you're wrong. But but it's like anything else, right? Like, if if you're not emotionally... Not emotionally. If you're not, like, invested in the argument... You kind of don't care that much. Like, you care less, right? Am I crazy? No, that makes sense. I'm, I with, agree with you 100% there. So, it's like, you know, a, a lot of my, you know, seemingly irrational opinions on, like, I'm okay with it on one thing, but not on the other. Like, a, a lot of it is like, you know, the Genesis is a thing I care about. Fix-It Felix is a thing I care about. I was really happy to have the opportunity to get that really cool, like, you know, complete uh, uh, whatever category it falls under. Um and, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that it's a thing. Um, at the same time, like, if someone who takes just says, like, hey, I'm going to take Street Fighter and just throw it on another system, bam, and, like, make them, like, I don't know, like, I don't feel good about it. But at the same time, like, if it's on a system that I really have no vested interest in, I, it really doesn't bother me. So I'm not outraged. And the same thing, like, if, I don't know, there's that change if you've got just a guy doing it to see if he can do it, like, on the Virtual Boy, I think it's awesome. And then when you have a company doing mm-hmm. it to try and make money for it on the Famicom, it's like, oh, that kind of seems shady. Right. Really? Yeah, I, it's just, 
I don't know. Like <laughs> they're they're the same thing in reality, but they feel yeah, different got, to me. <clears throat> they're the I same thing. Con- I got a convert. I got a. <laughs> so what you're saying is, if you want it, you don't care if it's legal. Wait. So if I want it, I don't care if it. And I wouldn't go that far. That's kind of taking it. That's like Billy Joel. You're going to extremes. <laughs> well, where else would you put the dividing line? Where I would feel good about myself for doing it <laughs> like wherever that area is okay what if it's like profit and no profit is that the dividing line if if someone's doing it as like just a passion project i want to see if this hardware can run this game cool it can that's I'm where like, i for feel money, the best about it and, but then you have the same guy doing it with the same game saying like i'm gonna print these on a 200 carts and, and try and make you know five thousand bucks or whatever I like. I really shouldn't feel bad about the company trying to do it because companies. I mean, I companies know we think are of just companies people like too. These, Come on, right? Like we think of them as entities, and like companies are just a group of people. Um, yeah, they're trying to make money together, but hopefully they have a passion for the same thing that they're you know that they're all working on together. So, if it was a company of you know passionate individuals who are trying to do something really cool in the gaming community, then I'm cool with it. If it's you know faceless corporation who really doesn't care they just were able to you know do this without getting into trouble then i don't like it so much so i mean i don't i don't think it is black and white and like as long as the dividing line is here then i feel good it's like almost like case by case for me right but the decider on all of this is what you want right Oh, absolutely. If, Place if a big I don't factor. Want it, <laughs> if I don't want it, I'm so less inve- so much less invested in it that I don't care. And when I don't care, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. But if when something is clearly illegal and you want it, it's okay. It, case by case. <laughs> case by case. <laughs> I, I, I think we can draw that conclusion because we've seen it. <laughs> we've seen it clearly. You've said it. <laughs> I don't think it's case by case. You've said it. I re- well, I don't want to say anything incriminating. <laughs> and I don't want to perjure myself. <laughs> All right. I won't hold you to it on air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then let me kind of play this out a little bit because um, <laughs> you guys are having way too much fun. Oh, you, I love seeing you where you take things. You it's awesome. Yeah, you won't kill it until I'm in jail. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to move away from that a little. I'm going to move away from that a little. Bill's I not going to dro- upload his section to A-Drive. It's just going to be blank tomorrow. <laughs> no, I, I, I what do you to- think, Bill? This space intentionally left with no audio. <laughs> I'll just beep out the entire incriminating stuff that you say. Don't worry about it. Um, okay, so I want to take a look at another example of something that is uh, something I've witnessed and I'm watching. Uh, and see what you guys think about this. So, okay. you guys are both familiar with retro USB. Yes. Sure. Very well known maker of homebrew games, reproduction carts, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. High quality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and usually looked upon rather fondly in the collecting community. For sure. In fact, some people actually collect all of their games as well. Yeah. Recently, I've noticed a trend in that site in that they are moving away from selling unlicensed reproduction cartridges. And I believe that is to give them legal cover as they grow, because they're talking about releasing a 
uh, an NES. The HDMI NES? Clone uh, that they want to probably maybe even make a pretty big release out of. So when you get big, you have to watch. That's when people want to come and take a piece out of you, right? They've moved away. They've discontinued a lot of reproduction. They used to do reproductions of you know, Gradius 2, Mr. Gimmick, um, all sorts of Nintendo versus games. As are, I was going to say versus Castlevania, excite bike they had. Yeah, not for sale anymore, right? <laughs> They're not even listed. Usually they used to put them like temporarily unavailable. They just wiped them off right. there now. Right. So what do you guys think about that? Smart move? I just don't want the... Yeah, it's a smart business move for sure. Um, I just... I'm getting really nervous that the Power Pack 2 will never happen because I really want one. EverDrive, right? EverDrive. I, I know, and we've talked about this, and if this was just for me to put into a piece of hardware and play in a TV, I'm with you 100%. Um, the EverDrive, as far as I know, has problems with the Play Choice 10, which is what I want to use it in, because of the way that it reloads with the reset button, and the Play Choice 10 doesn't have one. Can you build, like, a manual... Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've looked at you know the forums for the EverDrive, but that that was the big issue with them initially is that it's like to like on a Nintendo you can just hit the reset button on a PlayChoice Ten. Every time you want to change something, you have to power it off and power it back on. It's like that's not really practical. So I could look at it and see if there's been any software updates hmm. um, or firmware rather. Um, but yeah, that's back to your question of you know what do you think about retro USB. Um, it's it's definitely a smart business move as you're trying to grow to get away from anything that can be uh, perceived as, hey, you shouldn't be doing that legally. It would also be cool if they if they get that legitimate legitimacy and grow that they can be kind of like the hub for homebrews. Um, and they are a big one, right? Not the yep. only one, but they are a big one. They've had some recent competition from Infinite NES Lives. But uh, I don't know if it's like really strong competition. I think in some cases it's more of I really don't want to do this stuff. You do it. You know what I mean? Uh, So here's my thing though, right? They've discontinued a lot of these, but a few of the highly desirable, arguably more profitable reproductions are still listed and being actively produced. Nintendo World Championship, uh, the competition cart, uh, Campus Challenge. So do you think you skirt the law, or do you think at some point in time he just goes, eh, I can't do this anymore, I've done it as long as I could to milk this thing, but now i got to give it up? Maybe it's as simple as that, just like sales are down for something, it's not worth the risk anymore, gone. Maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. Interesting thoughts. Uh, but I just, that's a trend that I noticed that's happening. Um, so a lot of these games have been going bye bye and out of print. So if you want them, well, too bad you should have bought them already because <laughs> now they're expensive. Um, okay. Uh, let's round this out then. Let's just talk about just pirates, right? So I would lump in pirates as any game that's a straight ripoff or. Where there's probably a large handful of manufacturers, so it gets passed around. All sorts of people have produced carts for these, right? Right. So a, a lot of them take the form of like multi carts, like fifty-two and one, or something of that nature. Um, and they're usually these Chinese knockoffs, but they're they're pretty common. They're not that hard to find if you want a multi cart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you see them around. 
and things like I talked about with like Harry Potter or whatever. Um, sure, it was developed, but uh, you know, it may be on any number of carts by any number of different developers. So uh, pirates are a big no man's land of anybody prints whatever they want on whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. This is a thing that uh, doesn't tend to exist a whole lot here, but is easy enough to import from China if you want them. Um, and still to this day, uh, some of these are actively being produced, which is strange to think, but Famicom Pirates are still being made. <laughs> so <laughs> you can still buy them. Um, I did that a little while back. Uh, it was probably a year or two ago, but there was a company that sprouted up on the internet long enough to where you could order Famicom Pirates. The scary part about this was they were $3 a piece shipped from China. Nice. Imagine how little that must cost before shipping. Mm. I think that's a foreshadowing that the next console cycle will be on cartridge again. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it, right? Prices are getting cheap. Um, but that was terrifying to me that I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm shipping these things halfway around the planet. And you can't even I ship can them the to me in Canada up here for yeah. for a third of that. But yeah. Once you get ha- once you get halfway around the planet, then it's like the momentum just carries oh, like, the rest of the way. So now, it's like wrong. in it Apollo took- thirteen when they use the gravity of the moon. <laughs> it, the lunar boost. Yeah. It t- it took like four months to get here. Don't get me wrong. So I know it came across a ship, but uh, <laughs> you know it got here. <laughs> I bet one person carried it the whole way. <laughs> it felt like it. I mean, it felt like it. Um. But any, you know, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, you guys go. have any interest in these? Any, any at all? No. Mm, well, I, the, I'll tell you the ones I'm interested in. Okay. The ones that, if it's really inexpensive, and it has really cool art, or is a game or like property that I really, really love, and just the quirkiness of having like some like yes. funny little little thing like this. Um, cause like Lance, uh, I'm in this house. He's a huge Mortal Kombat fan. He's got an MK1 cabinet and he's got an MK3 cabinet with like the boards for like two, three, ultimate three on like a switcher. Um, and everywhere you look, it's almost like being at Isret's in like one of Isret's dreams. He just has Mortal Kombat figures and books and posters everywhere. And when you look at his Master System collection, there's like all the pirates and like all the stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you collect pirates? He's like, No, I just like Mortal Kombat. So it's like, if there was like a Blade Runner, you know, <laughs> like, you know, crazy fammy pirate cart or like anything that I just thought was quirky and unique and like funny and I like the property, I'm interested. Otherwise, I don't care. Yeah, I, I agree again with Bill 100%. So if I told you guys that I own Earthworm Jim for the Famicom and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. That sounds cool. like a pretty cool time. Yeah. yeah. So that would be something maybe you would look at. Totally. Um there's a couple Most other F. pirates that are actually pretty good. If I saw um, anything Mega Man pirate come through the store, it would go home. I wouldn't I wouldn't get rid of it. Well, there's a lot of hacks, right? There's definitely a lot of hacks of Mega Man yeah. games. Um, but You know what I was going to say? It, and I, I, I meant to say this earlier, and I just didn't uh, get it in time. Um, you were saying before how like a lot of the stuff on uh, Retro USB... Um, like, you know, like the versus games, like, uh, you know, things like that have been pulled off the site completely. Yep. Do you think that since retro USB is such a big, you know, like, uh, you know, producer, seller, proponent of, of these games, do you think that like box makers like Uncle Tusk and like, you know, some of the other ones 
Do you think they see a substantial drop off in box sales when those games leave something like retro USB? Most likely. Um, maybe, but is it a busy, big business to start with? It's big enough for Tusk. I mean, he he does a lot of stuff. And the thing is, like, I didn't, I like, you know how, like, when you find something for the first time and you're like, oh, I'm the only one who knows about this. And then, like, you mention it to somebody and everyone in the world's like, oh, yeah, Tusky? Yeah. You all buy boxes from them. <laughs> right. So it's like, if everyone, like, and the thing is, you know, like, you know, the number of collectors you know, I don't know, 30, 50, 100, if all of them know about Uncle Tusk and you just live in a small corner of the country, there have to be tens of thousands of people who know about him. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? So, like, if tens of thousands of people are getting their boxes from, you know, a handful of, of uh, you know, good guys in the collector market and, you know, a place that sells, you know, tons and tons of, you know, whatever the category these fall into and just says, you know what? No more Gradius 2. Do you think Tusk is over there like... Why the hell aren't I selling any Gradius <laughs> 2 boxes? I'm sure he's in close communication with these guys. Like uh, uh, Brian from Retro USB, he probably, you know, mm-hmm. they're probably uh, in cahoots on a lot of this, I'm sure. Oh, we got some insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> For good reason, right? For good reason. Right, right. No, because there's always newer releases to come out. I think it's probably supplanted. Uh, you know, there's always a new homebrew release or something right around the corner. I'm sure there's probably enough uptake of something else. All right. Will you guys have anything else to say about this topic? We didn't really talk about 32X, uh, <laughs> repro pirate homebrews, but, uh, it would probably be a pretty short conversation. So I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said dark side. You did say dark side. <laughs> um, there was, uh, uh, new Poil got me a, uh, uh, the what's it called? The Cool Spot cool 32X Repro uh-huh. at the uh, at the show out near him in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and the rumor is that there was an X Men game that was unfinished, and the ROM is floating out around there somewhere. I don't think anyone's made a cart out of it because it's it's unfinished and it doesn't really like work from front to back. But it's cool that the ROM's out there. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. So Bill's out there waiting for the 32X flash cart. If somebody wants to get yeah, it. Or, or the, what do you call it? Or the, uh, the, the NHL 96 for 3DO <laughs> that never came out. Oh man. Hopefully that's buried for good reason. <laughs> this is the next, year next man. to ET. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, I'd be curious to hear what everybody out there thinks, you know, what do you guys think about all these things? Great, good, bad, uh, like them, love them, collect them. Uh, let us know. Be sure to uh, hit us up uh, on the forums or, or on social media. We'd like to hear it. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, our 30th episode of the Collector Cast. Wow. Uh, I can't imagine. Wow. We've already, and, uh, you know, May is our big three-year anniversary. So, geez, you know, and, and now... Imagine when, we get to, imagine when we get to 100. That's going to be uh, a little while. Yeesh. Yeah, we're going to... I'll be old. Let's just not, let's not get there. <laughs> still? Hey! <laughs> still be old. Hey! <laughs> Time is still going Dang that direction. It. What? <laughs> Uh, all right, these jokers. Ah, uh, well, I've been 
I've been your host. Uh, thanks for thanks for putting up with my ignorance on this topic. No, it was fun. We had a lot of fun with it, uh, and really glad to hear all about the the expo announcement. And I, I want to say personally, um, thanks, Bill. Yeah, I know you're you're helping to put this whole thing together out there. All I have to do is drive out and show up and help a little bit. So. Yeah, I'm going to have some chairs for you to move. That's fine. <laughs> I, I've still got a back that's intact, so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I've been your host, uh, Duke uh, slash Chris, it's, you know, whatever you want to call me. Uh, and uh, Bill and Krabby, thanks for, for being on as usual. Glad to have you. No problem. Glad Krabby could uh, make it for uh, another show yeah. here because he's uh, such a busy guy. Thanks for holding up for me. I know my scheduling is not always easy to work with. Always glad to have you. Yeah, the show's yeah. the show doesn't feel quite right without Krabby in it. But yeah, uh, it's just like it's like Bill Cross Duke. Yeah, and, which is good, but I mean, it's still it's yeah, much better. it's good, but you really need I always Cross Krabby. I always listen. It's fun. When it's just you guys, it's it's like a I don't know. It's like a new podcast for me to discover. It's, it's a little a little different <laughs> dynamics, but. Um, Let's go through the uh, the usual suspects. So, a couple different places that you can find us. So, uh, let's test your guys' memory. Krabby, where can you find us? YouTube. YouTube. That's right. Click to cast on YouTube. Find us there. Uh, Bill? iTunes. iTunes. We would really appreciate it if you would um, rate the show. Yeah. Leave us, uh, leave us a review or even just hit the stars. We like yeah. getting stars. Fives. Five stars five. is a good number. Well, five is actually where the rating starts. If you put it lower than five, it doesn't register. So <laughs> Just don't even five. bother. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Krabby, where else can people get us? Podcast Pickle. Podcast Pickle. Last time I checked, we were still there. He always goes right for it and no one I, else can I, say I, it. I, Yeah, I got to take it quick, <laughs> quick and early. Oh, yeah, I feel dirty if you guys get to take it. Where else, Bill? Do you remember? Uh, do we uh, still combine Facebook and Twitter? We are on Facebook and Twitter as CollectorCast and either Thank place. Thank you for the questions, everybody. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Please send more. I love those. Lots of fun. That's I really fun. love the questions. Like, maybe too much. I know I talk a lot, but I love those questions. Make sure next time somebody puts in a specific Amiibo question targeted to Bill and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, yeah. what do you have against Amiibos? Just don't plan on hearing an answer with any <laughs> uh, intelligence uh, on the subject. I'm 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 such I'm such a hater. I'm really sorry about it. I just like I see people posting, like on, on my Facebook. I, I'm in like a handful of like a Connecticut uh, like retro gamer, you know, club trader like uh, uh, groups, and every like every single day, 35 people are posting. Like, <laughs> oh, I got these like seven more amiibos, and I'm just I feel my eyes rolling in my head, and I'm like <laughs> I know I'm like grumpy old man with these things, and I'm like, why do people care? <laughs> I'm staring at my Samus right now. Uh, somebody corrected me and told me the plural of amiibo is amiibo. I don't know if that's really a thing. But, uh, uh, does Nintendo come out and said that? I don't know. It's, it's, it sounds like when the creator of Hello Kitty came out and said she's not a cat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but if, if it's if it's really amiibo and not amiibos, you have my apologies. I'm probably going to so, keep saying amiibos like I keep saying Ico. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also remember you can find us on Stitcher, so you can download the Stitcher app. Um, mm -hmm. we're also on Podomatic. You can grab the Podomatic app. RFgeneration.com um, is our Podomatic page. Yeah. Uh, no, not RFgeneration.collectorcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I meant to say collect. I was thinking collectorcast and I said RF Generation because that's where my heart is. 
Yeah. Collectorcast.com. Um, you can go there. We've got an RSS feed to put into your favorite, uh, favorite uh, little podcast catcher. Um, and there's also a PayPal donate button. So if you would care to donate, you certainly can do that. And I want to take a moment to thank very specifically um, OTC Video Games, our sponsor, and all of the people that have donated. Um, I upped our um, subscription, you know, for this year, and I was able to buy more more storage. So I'll be putting more of the past episodes on there. So uh, if you want to go back and check out some of those, you can certainly do that. So thank you all very much. Uh, and if you'd like to contribute to keep us going for that for next year, you know, hey, throw us a few bucks on, on the uh, donate. We appreciate it very much. But having said that, uh, thanks everybody for taking time to listen and we'll catch you next time. a drink we'll do an outro whiskey neat do what <laughs> whiskey neat whiskey knee it's his drink yeah when he's no whiskey neat that's the drink yeah. is it i got it yeah i don't even drink and well, i got neat. it come on neat, yeah, neat means like neat. no ice right yeah neat is rocks oh, as ice neat and, yeah neat. <laughs> i heard you it knee, I neat? as in the thing <laughs> in your leg no. Well, Bill, well, Bill's been leg. drinking a lot. He's I, got his whiskey knee, so he, he's going to need help getting to bed tonight. <laughs> whiskey knee is when I can't stop bouncing my knee. <laughs> it's good throwing the babies around. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of babies. What? Yeah, Sarah's pregnant. Oh, really? Seriously? Yep. Yep. Congrats. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I was able to slip it in there. Nice. <laughs> well played. With, with the... Oh, he got it. Do I need do I need to cut this out or No, you don't have to. Okay. I'll put it in the end. Yeah, sure. It it can be a, a pleasant surprise for anyone who who cares. <laughs> but the funny thing is when I had to tell you guys about the show the Retro World before we announced it, um I think Chris had said uh-huh. on the ch- on our chat, "Oh, is your wife pregnant?" Uh-huh. And I was like, "No, that's not what I was going to tell you." And he's like, "I feel like a jerk if like I ruined your surprise just now." So like <laughs> She was pregnant when he said really? that. Really? <laughs> yeah. So how far along? Twelve weeks. Wow. Yeah. So September third. So I'll have a, a four month old. Sorry, four week old baby at the Retro World. Expo. So we're not going to be sleeping in your house. Is that what you're telling us? We'll just be. Oh, you'll up be sleeping in the house. We'll just be actually sleeping very quietly <laughs> in other rooms. Uh, yeah. No. Or the, or we won't be sleeping because the baby won't be sleeping. Well, uh, I have a uh, I have a person who's gonna take care of uh, the baby. <laughs> oh, you've got I'm you've got a it. person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've there. I've got my people on it, right? Yes, I've got my person on well, it. Well, congratulations! Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Not too much farther along, you'll get to find out uh, boy or girl, right? Yeah, another uh, what is it? Uh, a couple of months because twenty weeks, I think it is. Yeah. for for genders, and she's twelve, just over twelve, so. Yeah, a couple of months, and we'll know. All right. She excited? Oh, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> both, both definitely thrilled. Get, getting it's, started on know, that big Irish family? Well, you have yeah. to. You got to start. You can't you gotta, wait. Or it's, it's over. No, yeah. you can't just – well, because you know when you bring a baby – you guys both know because you have kids. You know when you bring a baby home, and it's – you know, you're kind of learning all the things you have to do and, like, the routine and all – like. And then 
a certain number of months go by, like, I don't know, like eight or nine months go by and you kind of look at each other and like, it just starts feeling normal Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, we good. And then, yeah. And then, so, and it kind of like, as soon as things start feeling normal and we looked at each other and we said, well, we want our kids to be about a year apart. So it's like, you know, if that's the case, then we kind of have to, you know, you know, be, be, you know, proactive. So, uh, and that's when Bill yeah. went, Oh, deck on it. No. Yeah. <laughs> said, Why? <laughs> okay. If I have to. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, congratulations. It's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's great. Number two. Best wishes. Best wishes. Out of how many? What's the plan? Uh, I've always said three or four. Okay. All right. Um, and people laugh, and my mom especially laughs when I say that. And, every, and even after I had one, I was like, oh, this is great. And people say, wait till you have two. Because it's, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. It's not twice as hard. It's like five times as hard because of the way they play off each other. Yeah. Like, I will annoy them from eight to ten. I will annoy them from one to four. <laughs> <laughs> so. I hear you. I hear you. Yeesh. But yeah, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking, well, my, both my wife and I are both one of three. Um, so I always just had three in my head as like, well, it'd be cool, you know, to have, you know, to just have, you know, like each one of them have two brothers or sisters. But um, I, I, I love kids, so I'll keep going. 